Welcome to another edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast. This is a producer roundtable discussion. And somehow, some way, it took a lot of coaxing. We have the three main producers, with all due respect to every other producer around here, the three main producers here at WFAN. First, we have the producer of the morning show. He's been doing it for over a decade. Ladies and gentlemen, Al Dukes. Oh, hi. Hi, Al. Oh, hi, Evan. We're also joined by the midday producer. He's been working with me and Joe for about nine years now. Ernie Acosta. In a decade, next February. That's right. And finally, he has produced not only Mike's on Francesa on the fan, but for about three months, he produced CMB and then went back to a returning Mike Francesa. Ladies and gentlemen, hashtag dominate. Brian Monzo. Hi, Mons. Very odd introductions. Well, those are, those are the introductions. Sound like Vince McMahon. Thank Very you. announcer-like. I'll take that as a compliment. First of all, how did you get here? Al, you've had kind of a long story producer career, but real quick, tell me how you ended up here at WFAN. Well, I was working at WNEW, then I was working at corporate, and I met Mark Chernoff there. I knew Craig Carton from WNEW, although I didn't work on his show. He would see me at work early doing work from Ron and Fez, who I worked on. So when they were coming here to take over for Imus, uh, Craig was interested in me and Chris Olivero, who worked at corporate at the time, and Chernoff were interested in me. And I met Boomer and Craig, and uh, that was it. That's you, how I came over. Do you consider yourself a sports talk radio producer? I don't. And okay. they were not looking for a sports talk radio producer at that time. Do you see yourself? Because one thing I find interesting, and I think you and Ernie and Monzo, to a degree, Monzo I'm not sure about, I look at as guys who are talented but want to produce. I see you producing here as long as you want, maybe for the next 30 years. Do you view yourself that 30, way? 30 I don't know. I always felt like that was not a job for an older guy. So what would you do next? I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> Open a coffee shop? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ernie, how did you get here? Uh, interned. I interned here uh, during my senior year of college, um, back when we had interns. Um was here for about a year. Then Greg Giannotti got his job producing down in Pittsburgh. And about a year and three months after that, you guys brought me on. And it's been history ever since. So I basically started producing one of the top midday shows in the country 15 months nice. after I graduated college. I want to be blunt, okay? And I know this, and Al's going to agree with me when I say this, and so is Monzo. And I understand this, and I say this as a midday host, someone who's been doing it for 12 years now. I know that the midday show is considered... Radio nothing. Right. Howard says that all the time, Howard Stern, that many people use it as maybe a stepping stone to, I want to eventually do mornings or afternoon drive. For you as a producer, and you can be honest with me, don't think of me as a guy you work with. Think of me as just this podcast host. Do you view producing the midday show as, this is nice, but I'd like to get here next? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Where? Eventually want to get to afternoon drive. That's the goal, afternoon yes. drive? Hopefully, 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 I take you with, hopefully I take you with me. Oh, well, let's <laughs> <but, laughs> we'll see about that. But yeah, I mean, and you usually forget that you're you know, the third fiddle until you ask for a guest and they say, no, I'm going with Mike or I'm going with the morning show. <laughs> we'll get to that, by but, the way. Uh, right. Or CMB. But yeah, yeah but, <laughs> <laughs> but eventually, yeah, you want to do afternoon drive. You want to do one of the main shows because that's where all the listeners go. That's where the, the revenue dollars go. That's where the guests go. So yeah. Monzo, Brian Monzo. How did you get here to producing Mike Francesa, a, a big name in not only sports, but in America? Well, Ray and Pete drove him nuts. <laughs> and, uh, Ray Martell and Pete Bellotti. Yes. No, but uh, seriously, I interned in 04 in the traffic department. Worst experience of my life. Uh, met Eddie Scazzeri at the soda machine. I said, can I please intern down here? He said, sure. 
I interned right around the Eagles Panthers Super Bowl, so 04, I believe, 05. Wow. And uh, from then, just. Took a part-time job, then worked in production. By the way, I don't know what Eagles-Panthers Super Bowl you're talking about. (laughs) Do you mean Patriots-Eagles or Patriots-Panthers? Because that happened. Those other two did not happen. Sorry, my memories. I'm sorry, not not Eagles. I'm sorry, Eagles-Patriots. There you go. See, I'm here to correct you. And I remember, it's funny, my first day as an intern, I spelled Belichick wrong, and Ackerman yelled at me. Oh, wow. So, yeah, production for a couple years, and then I went into producing at night with Summers, and then eventually... You know, got moved up you, to the afternoon shift. More so, and the morning show is tough to compare because before Al, it was Imus, so it's a different animal. But with other producing jobs around here, it's been used to eventually get on air. Chris Carlin, who does CMB, was a producer of Mike and the Mad Dog, Sal Licata. I don't know if he produced, I think he bored up, but is now on the air. There's a lot. Greg Giannotti produced us, so he's the freaking morning show host. Are you the first? Or one of the first to say, no, 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 I'm, I'm here to produce. I don't want to become a talk show host. Or is that your aspiration as well? Well, I've done a few shows here on The Fan. Right. Um, but no, it's certainly not something I want to do. I enjoy kind of running the show, okay. to be honest with you. You but think like, you run the show? I'm To a degree. I mean, I ran a show for a few months and then. Um, but no, no. Um, but like Al kind of said, it's not like an old man job. And I agree with that. Okay. So I, I would be honest in telling you that. Um, you know, being a program director uh, here at some point is something I'd be interested in. Oh, wow. In. So that is yeah. an old man job. Yes. <laughs> that is I'd like to transition man. into the old man job eventually. Wow. That would be interesting. Monzo the boss. That was strangely also why when this job at FAN came up and I was working with Opie and Anthony again in 92.3, and this job came up, I was like, at some point I can't be working on a show dealing with penis and vagina. <laughs> I know FAN is an older audience right and i can grow into that job do you feel like you've grown into that job uh yes okay no i'm just i'm just curious <laughs> do you want to be a pd eventually al um, i can see that you have a real and i don't mean that you don't but al i've heard you do podcasts talking about radio sports talk radio you seem to also have a love for the radio game i do i have a love for talk radio talk radio right i'm not sure i have a have the sports hardcore sports talk radio which is why I think I wound up in the mornings. But uh, talk radio, which I'm not sure even exists anymore. Like hot Great talk movie, format. By the way. Talk radio, yes. right. Let me ask you a question, hypothetical. And then we're going to get to a few different categories. I broke it up this way. Screening calls, that game, booking guests. And then we have a lot of questions from listeners via Twitter. But I'm curious about this, Al. Because I, I, I respect you. I think you do really well. Even if you're not a big sports fan like 98% of the people that work here. If Brian Monzo left, Monzo said, I don't want to do this anymore. I got a better job. I'm PD. Maybe he's PD. And Mike Francesa came to you and said, Al, Al, uh, I'm going to offer you double the amount of money. I want you to produce my show. Could you see yourself, and I don't mean Mike personally, but could you see yourself producing a real heavy sports talk show? I would say probably not. Even for double? Probably for double, yeah, I would. But I would be taking a job that I was not going to love. Okay. So you like the game of it's a morning show. There's a lot of things going on. Yeah, there's more things going on. I get, I get to participate when I want to right. on the air. Uh, but I don't have to carry a show, which I could never do. Mm-hmm. So I like that aspect of the morning. I got you. Do you enjoy the hours? I do enjoy the hours. Now, uh, because, you know, when uh, Mike first left and Boomer had these thoughts of possibly going into the afternoon and wanted us all to come with him, I thought, if I work the afternoon, my entire day is shot. It changed your life. So Boomer really wanted to do afternoon I drive? I think he was 
considering it. Hmm. You know, it was in his head. He kind of asked us all what we thought. And we were all like, no, those hours suck. <laughs> you know, Monzo gets, I don't know what time he wakes up, but by the time he gets here, from the time he leaves his house to the time he gets home, I don't know when you do other things in life during the week. That is why Ernie <laughs> right, and don't. I have the best hours. Because yes. the midday show is the best of everything. I mean, it's not like we're not waking up. We're waking up, but you can stay up a little bit later right. and you're getting home at a reasonable time. You agree with that, that these hours aren't? Yeah, I hated it at first, but that was also because I was 15 months out of college and I wasn't used to waking <laughs> right. up at a regular time. But now, yeah, now, now that I'm 34, yeah, I love these hours. I mean, you can get out and do stuff and get it, get everything done in the day, and you also have to wake up that early. I mean, getting up at 7. Yeah. One last, one last question, and then we'll get to the art of screening calls. Mons, same yes. question I asked Al, the opposite. Al left. He's done. Maybe he's the PD now. Boomer and Geo say, you know, this Monzo, man, he's good on Twitter. He's talented. He's feisty. This is the guy. Double the money to leave Mike. Would you do it? To leave Mike, no. If it was another show, uh, double the money, yes. What does that mean? Isn't I want to leave question? Mike's show. If it's Francesa, I'm not going to leave. It's so like not if Mike retired. Oh, Mike show. has to leave. Oh, okay, okay. If so it's, it's a different show. If it's a different show, gotcha. uh, I would consider it an opportunity. But you would not leave Mike, even for double the amount of money to produce the morning show. No. Wow, look at the loyalty. I love that. I don't have that loyalty to you. <laughs> no, well, you know why I didn't ask you that? Because you were you said at the beginning, yeah, I'm looking at that to eventually get the afternoon drop. So why would I ask you that question? Fifty more dollars, I'm gone. <laughs> Fifty dollars less, you're gone. That's double the money around here. <laughs> it's true. All right, screening calls. What is, and I'll start with you, Mons. Okay. Because I Great. think you've got a difficult challenge ahead of you in doing so. Yeah. What is the most difficult thing about screening phone calls? When a new number pops up. Because, well, explain that to me. What well, do you mean? You have everyone's number? Well, a lot of, well, I, we take probably the most calls out of, we are a single host. It used to be five and a half yeah. hours. Now it's three and a half. We take the most calls. Out I of agree with you. That's, that's why success. I ask you. Yeah. Um, but I could tell you, I like know like 80% of the callers, you know, at this point, maybe even more. So when a 407 number pops up, which is Orlando, I'm going to talk to the guy. He sounds a little young. He might be trying to get one over on me. But I'll listen to him, and I'll, I'll see if I think he's real, and I'll go for it. I've been burned. Um, no, you haven't. <laughs> yes, I've been burned, but that's okay. Um, so it's it's not – it's the hardest part is telling to me, and it's just because I feel like I'm a nice guy, is telling somebody I know that – sorry, man, your call's not bringing anything. So telling <laughs> what? Iron Staten Island that? Yeah, I mean, he honestly, he only calls when something Jets is happening. So, you know, even though he calls a lot, it's typically topical. Name names. Give me a guy – who you have to Alan most and often, Alan and who Queens. I like. I, I look. One of our Twitter Alan, questions is about Alan. But Alan won't get upset though. You no. can tell Alan call later. He'll say, "Okay, fine." There's some people who will get upset when you say, "Not today," because you're talking like Mike in Floral Park. You know, uh, like some of these guys who I talk to on the phone a little bit or tweet with occasionally. Right. You know, Hershen Valley Stream has become a guy that I've become friendly with on social media. Right. You know, and uh, if he were to call and it would be something we weren't talking about or I just didn't like his point or didn't think it was relevant, it would be harder for me to tell him, sorry, Hirsch, so it's not today. 85% of the time you're about to screen a call, you know the number? You basically not know to, who's no, calling? Well, if you screen, the, if, not to give too much how no, our system away. works it's here. A producer podcast. Your, your give name, it all away. No, the name pops up. And, you know, I know Ira's number. And you know. So once they call the first time, they're like in this system as of now. As long as they're screened and their names are put up. Okay. That's interesting. But do you do you notice that guys will call with different names from the same number and you know that you can't get it past you because occasionally, you but it could be also like sometimes like two people in the same house. Like it could be a father and a son. Right. So like sometimes it's Justin, sometimes it's David, same number. 
So and the most difficult like, thing. Sometimes I'll question him. I go, what happened to Justin? I'll be like, well, that's my dad. Oh, okay. So it's like a reasonable answer. So the most difficult thing is screening the call of somebody, A, you don't know, and B, telling someone you're, you can't come on the air, you're not bringing To anything. me, the hardest thing is taking somebody I don't know and trusting them. You know, now that there's social media and their pranks can be publicized. Well, Mike, get, let's, let's call it like it is. Mike gets pranked a lot. And he probably would get pranked a lot more if... You know, I didn't shoot so you, a lot down. So your answer to anybody who says, hey, Mons, why you let these pranks do? You're saying you don't know half of it. You don't know how much worse it would be if it wasn't for me. Is that fair? I, but I, Yes, I suppose. Okay, but I, 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 think, I would think anybody in my position would say the same thing. Okay. I'm just curious. I'm going to get back to that. But, but, I was under the impression yes. that the Monzo didn't screen a lot of the calls. Because I know Howard, back in the day, he just say, hey, just take the name and where they're calling from put them right on. Around the air, so you do diligently. Well, no, especially the calls. if it's t- like there are days where it's like kind of like free flowing, and there's like four different things we could talk about. Right. But like the day after Odell got traded, you're gonna keep it. I to might, the Odell you know, my guy calls up, hey, real quick, and I, I hate, and I feel like Al would get pissed at this too. When a call is like, hey, I want to change it up real quick. We're not changing it up. Right. We're not gonna change it up. Talk PGA while we have nine Odell calls does, ready to go. Does Mike get pissed at you ever with a call, whether it's changing the subject or a prank? Does he ever take it out on you and say, Mods, do a better job? No, no, no. Prank never. Um, some he, t- he knows the deal. He's like, look, yeah, it's part of the He's okay. never, and he never lets it upset him or, or whatever. Um, he'll, okay, sometimes he'll want to talk about something and I'll put up a call on something different. He won't, like, be mad about it. He'll just be like, you know, get rid of this. We're not talking about this right, right. now. I got you. Al Dukes, very different. And the reason I'm jumping to Al more so than Ernie is Mike takes the most calls. Your show probably takes the fewest calls, your morning show. You know, you got the updates that last the whole segment. You got all the hijinks going on. So I don't know on average how many calls you take, but you do screen calls. You do have calls on the air. What would you say is the most difficult part of that job, aspect of the job? Well, I I feel like as shows in general, we let the callers control the show. Like, we turn the show over to guys that when you meet them in public, they're frightening. <laughs> and you would never... Wow. Yeah. Okay. And I always say, like... On a classic rock station, you would not let the DJ pick a Zeppelin song, right? Even in that same genre. Yet we turned our shows over to these lunatics that don't add anything new. They're parroting the host. And I look at, I'm kind of the opposite. I'll look for guys uh, on our call screener that haven't called before. If a guy's got over 400 or 500 calls to the radio station, and that's a low number for a lot of people. That's a low number. That's a low number. I don't even answer the phone. Mm. So I'm looking for guys that have under 400 calls to the station. Or occasionally we have some guys that are kind of regulars. But I get so annoyed at it that I I have a hard time being nice to them. Almanzo saying, like, oh, how do you tell Allen and Queens? I would never, I would know Allen and Queens is calling and not touch him. So you never even have to get involved. I know with it. everybody that calls mornings. If I turn on CMB, I know the guy on the way home. I put on Joe and Evan. I know who that is. I hear it on Mike. It's the you same guy because the the same people call the radio station and they make the radio station sound old because they're old. The callers. So are you old. would want younger callers in general, even if it's the same person, though. Yes, I've okay. even toyed in my head with let's do voicemails instead. That's interesting. Maybe I get younger people because they don't want to wait on hold. Right, right. And then you can use it however you want, too. They just don't, like... It fits. If it's a topic that you want to use at a certain point, you could use it at And like that Monzo point. was saying about the Odell thing, right? right? So the Odell thing breaks. After a little while, you're not adding anything. And I don't like to put the same guys on that are going to say the same thing. Right, right, right. 
Like, I want to agree with Boomer, what he said about Odell. Well, Boomer said it. <laughs> Honestly, like, uh, but that may be my problem because talk radio is a, people listen, they they tune in, they tune out, they tune in, they tune out. And I'm I'm kind of doing it as if someone's listening for four hours, which they're not. No, and it's a, it's a very good point that, and there are a lot of P1s, as they call it, people that listen at all hours. And yeah. they're probably like you, where they'd say, oh, I know this call, I know that call. Right. I do think that the majority of people listening, they'll know Iron Staten Island. They'll know Allen and Queens, a select few. But I think for the most part, they don't they aren't as familiar with the callers as you are because most people don't listen hours at a time. Right. But that's what I mean. These guys are on all the shows right. all the time. Yeah, that day with the Odell, I got it got to a point maybe after like an hour where I was like turning down calls who agreed because I was looking It doesn't add anything. Right, yes, I you get it. You hated Odell. You hated Odell. Yeah. Can we find somebody? And you're new? calling Mike who also did. Right. That's if, what I'm, if the I'm, host... I'm talking about the people that agreed with Mike. Right, I'm right, trying right. to find somebody to debate him a little bit. Yes. And we got a few, but you know. But you or... do want a balance. I mean, you do want, you don't want it to be all people who disagree with them though, right? Right. I, I'm just looking for somebody that has something Fresh. new that we didn't say, right? So, so... It's just something different, a different angle, a different voice, a woman I'll always put through oh, yeah, simply yeah. because it's a woman's Absolutely. voice. Right. right. See, the problem is I have to worry if it's really a woman. Right. <laughs> <laughs> do, you have to deal with, do you have to deal with a lot of pranks or not I really? don't. I will tell you, very few. And, you know, we've had time when Governor Christie sat in where half of New Jersey hates him. So I was... <laughs> right. Very Ernie vig- could talk about that as well when yeah. uh, me and the governor did Well, see, show. that's that's actually my favorite caller is Mike and Montclair because he oh, comes. Don't want to write to that now. I'm just saying he's because he. Stop skipping subjects. We'll, well get I'm just there. saying because he brings a little something different every you. time he calls. So being extra vigilant on that, knowing that when Craig got arrested, knowing, sure. okay, I, I'm going to get calls. But for the most part, when I'm, when I'm screening guys, I keep asking them a million questions just because they're like, get me something fresh. Mm-hmm. And they eventually break down. Like, the guys that are calling a prank, they don't really have uh, an answer when you ask them, gonna be what do you to mean by... Them out. Yeah, no, they got yeah. nothing. They got yeah. nothing. They got no, Usually uh, after two, three questions, they just hang up. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. I feel so victorious <laughs> when I get a guy <laughs> hanging up on me. That's that is great. a good point. I, I feel that way as well. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, so well, what about us. Odell? Yeah. We said that already. What about... Click. The way you can tell uh, for that is if you hear right. the friends in the background. Yeah. Because if you, you can tell the difference between regular background noise and their buddies in the back. If you hear buddies in the back, you know they're trying to prank you. Right. I have to admit, one time I was a part of a prank to WFAN. You pranked as a child. Well, I didn't do it. No, no, I, was, I wasn't even a child. I was a teenager. <laughs> was a few weeks ago. Yeah, it was actually <laughs> last week. Midday host. <laughs> no, I was not midday host at the time, but a buddy of mine uh, got, we, we were drinking, and he's like, I want to call up. I don't care who's on. So it wasn't personal to whoever was hosting. And I don't even remember who was hosting. It was the overnight. So it may have been Mark Malusis, Tony Page. I'm not sure. And he's like, I want to call up as Steve from Austin and then imitate Stone Cold Steve Austin the whole time. Right. I probably put you through. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yes, I like this. <laughs> Ernie, most difficult thing about screening calls? Uh, telling people to get off the speakerphone 100 times. Oh, my God. In a three-hour segment. Uh, that, to me, is number one. You guys. Shut I mean, your radio sure, off. Keep your radio yeah, down. TV another, down. After another. And somehow people still don't know how to use a speakerphone. It's like, you got a speakerphone. Yeah, hold on. And then they're disconnected. Like, this is 2019. How do we not know how to take our phone off speakerphone by now? Every time we've perfected a piece of the phone, like cell phones used to be impossible to hear. We've perfected. They sound like landlines. Now everyone calls on a Bluetooth or speaker. Mm-hmm. When we perfect that, we'll change something else up. And it's it's constant. It's every single call. You could ask Dove. Every single call I'm asking, can you please get off the speakerphone? Even those, who, the speakerphone? Even those who call a lot? Um, yeah. Usually, really? Yeah. 
But they, yeah. but they should know because they they're being know, told that. They should know, and I that. get more upset with them. I say, <laughs> yes. you should know this already. Get off the speakerphone. No, 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 no. And to be honest, some of those guys don't call in as much. Well, they do call in as much. They just don't get through as much because I'm tired of telling them, <laughs> get off the speakerphone. But besides that, the most difficult part is making sure people actually have something to say because our show gets a lot of regulars. And I try and mix up the regulars and new people. You don't want a bunch of regulars in a row because then it just sounds like the same no, conversation every day. I agree. So you want new people in. But as much as you want new people in, some of these new people don't know how to speak on the radio. They don't know what to say. They don't know how to say it. They get nervous. They get nervous, which is, I think, something we forget is that sometimes people sound a little foolish because they are getting really nervous being on the radio for the first time. And yesterday I had a guy call up and I asked him, and he says, hey, I've got a question for Joe and Evan. All right, what's the question? Gives me an answer. It's not a question. I ask again, what's the question? <laughs> Uh, 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 what's the question? I asked him four times. I was like, finally, like, buddy, when you figure out what your question is, call me back. <laughs> and I don't think he was pranking. I just don't. I, he could he have got nervous, too. He had a semblance of a thought in his head, but didn't know how to say it. Right. And sometimes screening a call is letting them get their thought out on you so that they can figure out what they want to say before they come on the air. So they're almost testing out what they're going to say. The new people, not the old regulars. Right. We like new people. people, but because of that, they don't have the experience of right. being so able to formulate it well. give me the question or the comment first. And then once they figure out, okay, that's what I want to say, that's how I want to say it, then I put them on the air. And sometimes, though, they're great to the screener, and then when they yes. get on the air, they suck. And you go, oh, man, if he should have said it the way he said it. But it kind of, I, to defend them, it makes sense. You get nervous. You know, right. you hear that little scratchy sound yeah. right before you're on the air. Right, and then yeah. someone takes their thunder. Right. Oh. right. <laughs> you know, John just stole my thunder. Well, I'll always move up the guy who's about to yell to number one. I mean, we have a ranking system where it's one through five. I do ignore that half the time, and I apologize. But I'll tell you in your headset, look, go to this guy next, because I want to get to him before he loses the passion of right. yelling yes. at you guys. You know what's funny? As a, I say this as a host and as a listener. Obviously, when there's something huge like the Odell trade or the Przingis trade, you're going to do the whole show on it. I love days in which the entire Call, all the callers are like, it's like the rainbow. We're talking about the Jets, then we're talking about the Rangers, then the Jets. I love days like that because I think that when it's the same thing over and over again, it's monotonous. Now, there are days where it has to be. I get the football Monday. It's going to be football. I, I'm not saying that, but I'd say 75% of the time, days are not like that. I love things like that where it's just all over the place. I love the days of the breaking news. Like, yeah, you know, to me that's stuff. fun. The day after that, those are the days that's most fun to come on. Because I feel like that's where the outlet. That, that's we're different, there for them though. To come on to to yell about Odell or to support Odell. That's okay. So here's the difference in my book: when it's breaking as it's happening, or the night I before, love it. reaction to something that happened the day before. But what if it's the day before, and by the time we're on the air, every freaking caller and show. Now I want to get my opinion. Sure, right. I remember I was off during the, a lot of the Decrom discussion. Yeah, I was excited to come on and say, okay, here's what I think about Jake. I do think it's different, but I didn't want to sit there and then take a million calls about it. Because it's already been done. But you had been gone for a week already. I was gone for a week. I mean, I'm a saying lot. the next day. Aggression. The next day of something big happening, a big loss, a big right. win, whatever. I love hearing the raw emotion of people calling oh, in. Oh, no, those are fun. I agree. And especially when it's right after. We, we're in the, in the midday, so we're not going to be right after. But right. I, I think, well, that's uh, like I said, it's the most fun day to be on the air, just hearing people's first thoughts on what just happened. On the right story, yes. Yeah, yeah on, on the, the right, right big There's some raw stories story. that want to get away from. But. Yeah, breaking news during the show is great, unless you produce for summers. But other than that. What does that mean? He, <laughs> It's just, you know. You want to just... explain? You opened the can. I mean, you, you opened it up. Jeez. <laughs> no, he's just, you know, it's to get him to process what's going on is a little harder than. Because of his hearing? Not only that, he's just, you know, he's still, he's very into his monologue. So if something happens at 628 and you got to be like, hey, we're on in two minutes. And he's got his monologue written. It's tough to get him to adjust. Who's tougher to produce, Mike or Steve? Steve. 
Tougher to produce. Toughest, is Mike difficult I to produce? Think, I think if you can get through Steve, you can do anybody here. Oh. And that's usually where we start. Yes. I mean, my most difficult shows were working on Steve. Interesting. The hardest. It's a common theme here. Huh. Is it true? And, this que- and, I, and I've got Twitter questions that we'll get to, but this question is asked of me a lot as a host. And I always say I don't really know. Even I kind of know, but I don't really know. And that's, am I blocked? That is, a, am I blocked? Am I blocked? Am I blocked? First well, of you all, want to answer this? is there a block <laughs> button? Can you block a caller? You can uh, make a caller red. Which what does that mean? Bl- it blocks him. It comes up red, but you could still answer it. But what it tells me is, that's a douche. Don't pick him up. So someone else made him red, potentially. Right. Maybe a guy pranked Mike and Monzo made him red. Now I'm never going to pick him like, up. This guy's a dick, you know, yeah. or something. Just right. so. I try to put notes just to remind myself. Right, what, what I said. Did. And I also look at the time that they were, last time they called. Because if somebody was blocked like three years ago, I'd be like, all right, let me talk to him, see if, right. you know, maybe he just had a bad day or something. Well, but- would you also check, and I don't mean to question other producers' logic here, but let's say they were blocked at 1130 at night. Maybe that producer, for their own reason, right. said, hey, I want to block this guy. But maybe you would disagree and say, yeah, I'm not going to block him. Well, we have a few of those. I think Alan in Queens is blocked. Oh, is he? Stephen Howard Beach is blocked. Those guys are blocked from <laughs> other shows? Yes, they're blocked. They but they're not, so they're not really blocked, though. Well, sometimes guys get blocked if they just call too much. It's like a if, warning. Yeah, it's, it's not, not a block. block. Yeah. It's a warning. Wouldn't a block mean they're not seeing you call? That's how I would clarify it. No, you can it. see them call, no, but it says this, this person's them. been blocked. So they're not blocked. Right. They're right. not. You can just... They're, they're if, flagged. Right, right. They're flagged. They're flagged. Okay. But if I've seen this person been flagged before, I'm more wary of answering the call. Now, Stephen Howard Beach, now in Queens. Stephen Howard Beach, if I'm not mistaken, Al, was blocked by you. Or red flagged by you. Probably. (laughs) So you can't confirm it, but you think it's true? I will only red flag somebody if they uh, personally insult something about, like, Boomer's family or someone's host family. so, sure. Or is just trying to be a douche to get out, like, really douchey. Then I'll block them. Otherwise, I just know, don't pick up this guy. How many people in general... I can't say of all time because you guys have been here for a while, but how many times, let's say, per week do you red flag someone? We'll start with you, Mons. Oh, not that often. Uh, once a month. Once a month. Ernie? I'd say a couple times a month. But for me, it's more if they call up and change the topic that they told me they're going to talk about, they're blocked. You don't like that? No. They're yeah, blocked. I've now, done that a few it, times. Now, if they were on hold and they, it, you guys took a half hour to get to them and they go to another topic, that's different. Okay. And it's not very often, but sometimes things come up and they have to wait a little bit and they change the topic. That's one thing. If I just screen the guy and he's talking, saying I'm talking about Aaron Judge, and he comes on and gives his agenda right away, but something that has nothing to do with the show, what we're talking about, that guy's blocked. Hmm. And we, that'll happen maybe once, twice a month. Will you do that, Al? I only b- block a guy a couple times a year. So it's really the personal stuff. Yeah, because stuff. I don't want to screw up the other shows where I, I just think for me, I don't like them on the air, but I don't know how the, what the other shows think of them, or maybe they're better with other hosts. So I just mentally know, don't pick this guy up. Is it ever personal? Uh, like, it's not really a good reason to flag me. You just don't like them. Or maybe they were a dick no. to you on the air. Uh, No, no, I don't mind if someone's a dick to me on the air. I just don't want somebody who's not good on the air okay. who won't stop calling me. Right. There's also, uh, for me, I don't know about you guys, there's a difference between blocked and... I won't go to this guy right away as opposed to the other callers. Right. There's some callers who think that they're blocked. It's just that I don't think that they're great on the air. So if they're calling and there's, we, we don't have a lot of calls, yeah, I'll right. put you up. But if there's other guys ahead of you that are bringing something more to the table, they're going to get answered before you do. Yeah, I think there's – I know as a host, when I see – Allen and Queens is very entertaining. I like Allen and Queens. 
there are moments where I'm like, I don't want to take Allen to Queens, right? This is not the moment for it. This is the moment. No, for Allen's. It. If there's a day where Mike's in like a really good mood and there's not one subject, I can take an Allen. Queen and Queens telling me why Todd Frazier is better than Mike Trout. <laughs> but, you know, there are days where Odell's calling, Odell gets traded, or the Jets sign Le'Veon Bell, or, I agree. or whatever. Those are not but it's day. like, Alan, I'm not even answering. I'll yeah, just, that X button yeah. comes right yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. The Mets could have won the World Series. They'll call it 10 15 and talk about MVP race. No, the, the, there's an X button on the phone where you just kill all the calls. That's, yeah. that's, that's an Alan and Queens day. All right. Favorite and least favorite callers. Bonds? I wish we prepped me on these, man. Oh, that, that's um, not, that. No, you shouldn't be prepped. Oh, that makes I, it worse. You got to be honest. Well, okay. I would say Mikey Montclair is one of my favorites. Right. Um, just because he brings a little something every time. Um, he gets the best out of Mike. Okay. Like Mike gets combative with him. Ask for a least favorite caller. I mean, I I can name a thousand of them. <laughs> um, wow. But least I mean, favorite regular caller is that more fair? I don't want to like. You yeah. Know, God forbid someone fair. hears this. I don't want to like hurt their feelings or oh, anything. But stop uh, it. If you don't like someone, you, you why would you, you know, hide you know from who it? I don't like? And, I, and here's what I'll tell you a type of caller I don't like. Go ahead. As opposed to, one, a guy who wants to talk to me on the phone. I don't have time to talk to you guys for five minutes. Um, we have a few Dennis and Yonkers does that. Okay, I'm sorry, Dennis. <laughs> he, like, will, I'll, like, try to get what he wants to talk about on the air, and he'll ask me what kind of basketball fan I am. And I'll be like, Dennis, I, I don't have time. Text right. me. But I'll give you Ernie's number. Text that number. <laughs> and the other one that immediately drives me crazy, if he's like, yeah, Mike knows me. I'm like, Mike that does I not know stand. you. Mike does not remember you. When they say the guys know me, it means that they don't want to be screened. It's a, like, yeah, a, guy, call, right a guy called guys yesterday. Like, I'm well, a bit... I don't know you. I've been on the show 10 years. So <laughs> right. what does that mean? guy called up yesterday. I think his name is Joey in the Bronx. He was a big fan of Houston in the NCAA. And he's like, yeah, I talk about Houston every day. Mike knows me. I'm like. You've never called. There's him no once. shot. Mike knows you. Mike. You met you just because you saw Mike once doesn't mean he knows you. Okay, Ernie. That type of caller bothers me. Can I go with the type of caller instead of a? You don't want to name people? names. Well, a bunch of wusses. I don't see what we have to gain though by me telling people. It's intriguing. People that. Okay, fine. Whatever you want to. However you want to answer it. The type of call who's on either just to be a regular, meaning he doesn't really bring anything. He just wants to be on the air all the time. I got one for a name, by the way. Those. I got a name. Um, Harvey. Uh, no, Richie, Richie, Richie and Queens. Richie and Queens. Okay. He called you caller. guys too? No, we got into a fight and we hasn't. <laughs> but Richie does call all the shows. And there are some types of regular calls we have who will only call because they want to hear themselves on the radio. Mm-hmm. Those types of calls I don't like. And the ones who are about promoting themselves, which, you know, it's not about you. It's not even about us. It's about the topic. Sure. It's about the team. So if you're calling to promote yourself every single time you come on and you have this nickname for yourself... If you give me a nickname, I don't add that part to this. Just because you want to yeah, be, just because you want to call be called Big G, you're just G. <laughs> right, That's yeah. I always say to Michael, we don't do that here. Right. Yeah. Bobby D from wherever. I'm like, well, you're just Bobby here. No, you know what's I'm, funny I'm when I Johnny I, from Section 110. Right, you're John. Right. I worked at Sirius NXM when they were separate companies, and the majority of the callers, like 98 percent of them, were truck drivers. Yeah, and. Every single one of them had a nickname. Wizard, Buddha. I remember these are actual people that used to be regulars. Joe on the truck. Yeah, that one. That's actually, that sounds normal. Mostly it's, you know, Big Bobby Boo. You know, lots of weird things. Which is fine. It's their nickname, but whatever. Who's your favorite? You got to have a favorite, Ernie. Uh, my favorite. Depending on the topic, I like when Harvey and Dick Sills calls in. Really? Yeah. Because, I like Harvey too, but. Because. I like the caller who's actually educated himself on the topic he's talking about. I may not agree with it. Like, Stephen Bayside's another one. I don't just agree with half the things Stephen Bayside says, but he does a lot of research, and he does a lot of reading, 
I don't like the guy. Maybe this is wrong. That just calls up and just has an idea in his head and has no idea what he's talking about. Like we had a guy that called up years ago. Remember you got mad at me. I put him on, but I actually enjoyed it because I thought he was gonna be a terrible caller and be entertaining. Okay. But he wanted to <laughs> trade three guys from the Yankees who weren't on the Yankees anymore. Yeah, that's terrible. Because that's so <laughs> but stupid. But it was entertaining that... because it was so terrible. Yeah, because it ticked me off. That's but, why but, it was entertaining. But when that's a but that was also at twelve fifty five. Right. Like, it was like ah, let's hit that guy called up ten twenty. He was talking about this. You're not coming on. Right. But twelve fifty five. Yeah, sure, whatever. Go trade Bobby Abreu. You may retired thirty years ago. All right, Al. I'll go Anthony in Belleville as a good caller. He makes me laugh because he's mostly does Seinfeld references, and I don't think Boomer watched Seinfeld, so right. he doesn't get the jokes <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> but I enjoy them. Right. And as far as worst callers, there's so many. I I, I can't even put a name. Is wow. there a type that you don't like? All the ones you guys missed. Yeah, I mean, it's just, <laughs> just the, the worst. Mike knows me. Oh, boy. Wow. I've met Boomer in Ronkonkoma. He doesn't know who you are. <laughs> right. Did I miss anything with the screen and the calls? Can I move yeah, on? I mean, to... just a couple things. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, shut your radio off. Get like, on speakerphone. My my favorite is when I'm like, "Can you shut your radio off?" And the guy's like, "I can't hear you." I'm like, "That's because your radio's on." <laughs> Can you shut your radio off? <laughs> or they go, "I hear you fine." Yes, I'm on a wired phone. You do hear me fine. Joe, to me, I'm, maybe this is just the, an anal thing on my part here. Nobody to me, I, I don't put anybody on if they're from the cell phone. Like, where are you from? Uh, I'm on the cell phone. Oh, you want a specific location? No, no. Yeah. Where, where, where do you live? New Jersey. Yeah, New York. Well, no, no. I need York. a city. Everybody's on the cell these days. Right. That's what I'm saying. You, everybody's on this. So, you know, Joey on the cell. You notice on Mike's show, we never get Bill on the cell, Bill in New Jersey. I'm going to notice this now. Well, I now go it's, by towns also. If they say I'm from New York, what, what part what of town New York? In, yeah, that's a big thing of mine. Interesting. Huh. Uh, there's one thing I forgot, and maybe there's no answer to this. There may not be an answer. Do we the, count the stream? hey we get bonuses on it so the answer is yes that's how i look at it is there a fan base who you stereotype and say oh i love when it's a giant topic they're the best callers or i love and i'm I'm saying al i know it's not the giants because i know the eli stuff does piss you off but is there any stereotypes when it comes to the fan bases who are calling in for that day well the giants calls now are the worst they are the worst absolutely the worst everyone always would think it's yankee fans are the worst the giants fans are the worst and I think my favorite fans to call in is if the Jets are a topic. Interesting. Wow. So you're going right into the heart of football. Yeah. Right to football. Jets are a topic when they're going bad or going good or it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's always something different about it. The Giants, I always thought like the Giants are boring. When they lose, they're boring. When they win, they win boring. Wow. Yankees win boring because they win when they're supposed to win. They drop a couple games. The Jets always did it. Different. Whether they okay. were winning or losing, they had unique angles to their stories. It's actually pretty accurate when you yeah. think about how they made the playoffs the first time and your boss, Mons, was basically crapping on their entire accomplishment. Well, you know, they let him win. Doesn't count. Not really a playoff spot. Still ticks me off a decade later. Just saying. Uh, Ernie? Um, I like the guy who calls up to talk about something that we don't normally talk about. So, like, when a guy calls up about Seton Hall, mm-hmm. I know he knows about Seton Hall. I know he's going to give me an informed top, uh, informed opinion. If a guy calls up to talk Joe about golf or whatever, I know he knows about the topic he's talking about. So, so you I like those? Those guys who are the niche caller when it fits the show, obviously. So you're saying that the Brooklyn Net callers are your favorite. That's basically what you said. Yeah, sure. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, but I mean, but they call too much is the problem. Is that a scene right. the whole call is only going to call this time of year. The golf call is usually only going to call when there's a major going on. I'm telling you, here's a problem right now, and I say this as a Net fan. When the Nets are in the playoffs, if there's nothing big going on, because you need that happy storm with the Nets, 
The Nets are in the playoffs. They're playing a big playoff game. There's nothing really else going on. We'll get net calls, and I'm afraid half of them are going to be freaking Nick fans saying, I'm a Nick fan, but let me talk about no, Wait, a, do you have a place? D'Angelo a point guard? What position? Are you? Like that I hate. We had I, that the other day. Pissed also, me off. Before I forget, can we just all three of us say right now, there is no direct number to us from the I also want to say there's no secret number. <laughs> Ira does not have a number to get through. He, he just calls 10,000 times more than everybody else. Right. Like the regular guy will stop calling after the third time he didn't get through. Ira yeah. won't stop calling till he gets through. No, what I do now is I give them fake numbers. Like I'll go to WWE shop and give them the WWE shop number. Like, yeah, here's a secret number. Yeah. Call through. The most interesting to, thing to me about the callers with that is, like I said, I have guys that I will not pick up at all. And they will call me four hours a day for months. Every day. Mm-hmm. For months. Because what happens is mentally is somebody will call be like, ah, this guy calls all the time. I'm not going to pick him up today. And he calls for four hours. Right. Then tomorrow at 6 a.m. he starts calling again. Now you look like a lunatic. I'm never picking that up. <laughs> That's a fair point. I have guys that will do that, that and then they'll tweet me to pick up. Right. Can you pick up? Like Rico, relax, bro. Usually relax. If I Rico don't... is a guy I never pick up. <laughs> that's, that, that's Rico why I don't pick from Rhode Island. Or I think we're Staten Island. Staten Island. So that's your least favorite never, call. Stop calling yeah, me. I'm favorite. never picking you up. Because he calls with an agenda. He wants to give his like, answer to all the picks. He doesn't want to talk about what we're talking about. He wants to say, I had Marquette minus eight. Thank <laughs> good you. For, good for you. Uh, fan base Mets wise. and Jets callers. The best. Are the what? The, the best. Is they're it so... for the reason why Al said? Well, Al said because like, typically the Jets are a disaster. And they're almost like they're all a bunch of Joes. And that's why Joe's great. <laughs> they're and, all a bunch of jo- yeah, for the most part, they're a bunch is. of beningos, yes. right. and you know, typically that leads to entertaining stuff. And the Mets oh, again are just used to disaster after disaster for the most part. So with the least Giants and Yankees like Al, or is it something like, different? Uh, Yankees are they kind of come off like spoiled callers a little bit, right? Because they can complain about stuff from time to time, but it really is in comparison to what the Mets fan has to complain about is nothing. So like, that, okay, I have a big issue with that, and I say this as a Mets fan, as a diehard Mets fan. We can't look at it that way, though, because everyone's in a different world. It's It would be – I'll use another Nets example because I'm a Nets fan. I don't want to hear a Nick fan say, oh, you've lost five in a row. Well, my team's worse. You can't do the comparison game all the time. The Yankees, not saying they're the worst, they've won one championship in the last 18 years. Okay, yeah, but you can't so call me part comp- of the people that are Yankee fans. They're not. They don't have twenty seven times. So you can't say, "Well, the Mets are worse." Shut the hell up. You can't say that to them. Well, my, I don't. I don't say that to you them. Basically, that's basically but what I'm saying what is, when you said. call me to complain about Miguel Andujar's defense, as opposed to the call who's going to complain about Todd Frazier, I think See, that, Todd but Frazier, that's my point. I think the guy Todd Frazier is more valid. But here, okay, I remember years ago, and I think we'll be more passionate about his call for that matter. Years ago, and this used to tick me up. I think you were producing it. I don't know if you were because it was a while ago when Robbie Cano first came up. I used to kill him every day. Guy's not clutch. Would never get a big hit. And I thought to myself, boy, I'm a Met fan, but I, I watch the Yankees all the time. I think this is really accurate. It's true. I would think the diehard Yankee fan would appreciate it. And half of the people I had to deal with were Met fans saying. You don't prefer Cano over whoever was the second, Luis Castillo. Yeah, I can't stand that. And I'd say, not relevant. Mm-hmm. And the Yankee fan who would say, you're just jealous. No, I'm a sports talk host giving an opinion. But we can't compare everything to the Mets or else then how do you ever have a conversation yeah, you about you ask the me Yankees? who's the more entertaining caller. That's who I think is the more entertaining no, caller. That, I'm not disagreeing with I, your opinion. I'm, I'm not, questioning the logic you just I find used. them the least entertaining because their default is only to complain. Like, nothing's ever good for the Meta Jet fan. Like, the but, Jet fan, no matter what happens, will call up to complain. No matter what happens for the Met fan, they will call up to complain. They will go to the World Series in 2015 
three months later called that the commissioner's got to force the Mets to sell because it seems a joke. Like, that is their default. Yeah. What can I complain about today? Like, to me, boring a, to me, a Monday after a ba- bad Jets loss is, like, my favorite day because I just know I'm going to listen to the morning. <laughs> I'm going to listen to Joe, and I'm going to listen to Mike, and then I know the fan, you know, they're going to get some – Host will defend the Jets a little bit or be a little more, and then some will crush him. The callers right. will. And it's okay. just, to me, it's entertaining radio. No, that's fair. But uh, I could completely tell that someone's used this mic last. Just going to say. Does it smell badly? That's funny. By the way, time wise, this podcast may take two hours because we've only covered callers <laughs> so far. Let me move on to. What else do you have? I have a few. We got Twitter. Least favorite update anchors? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, Jay I had, on the agenda, I guests. had guests. I had Twitter questions, right, and then go. I had certain questions specific to each of you. Go. Let's go with guests. Um, are guests important now? No. <laughs> I want them gone just as much as I want the callers gone. <laughs> what do you? What would you because like the, the show guests don't. The guests, uh, the host just talking the host. Okay. with a nice, long, interactive update segment. Okay. That's your favorite part of the show. Monologue, top of the hour. Monologue, or not monologue, you know, two hosts talking. Update segment. Calls maybe that last like two or three minutes. That's it. But guests, I don't, I don't understand the love of guests. The it used to be, and it's getting a little different. Where it'd be like, "How was the show today? Who'd you have on?" Nobody, and I have no one tomorrow. What are they giving to me that is better than the host talking? Is there a kind of guest you like though? Uh. The only interesting guys to me, and I'm not even an NBA fan, older NBA guys from like the 80s and 90s. That's interesting. Because they have no ties to anything now, and they like to tell their stories, and they all played against Jordan. And, right. But normally, like the current guys say nothing. But you wouldn't like, for example, a player, an active no. player doesn't say much. Right. A insider, a... No. You don't like those? The insiders tweet all their inside information and will not give you... Whatever they have, they're tweeting. So there, you have it. Wow. Okay. So when you have a guest on your show, is that guest coming from Boomer or Geo? Sometimes. Sometimes for me, if it's a... If it's a... If it's an in-studio guest, because I have to also think like, okay, we're on TV, so I do occasionally put somebody on in-studio cost of TV. Do you ask the hosts before you book a guest, or do you just say, I think this is good, I'm booking it? How do you, how does that Only work? borderline ones I ask. Okay. If it's someone that I think is a definite, so like anyone from like the 86 Mets or the 90s Yankees in-studio, sure. Ha- have you, and this could include Craig, obviously, because you work with him for a very long time, was there ever a guest you booked and... Craig G or Boomer said, "Nope, cancel it, cancel it." No, uh, no. Did they say something else because you hesitated? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? And guess? then they do da, it da, anyway. Da. And yeah, and they would turn out all right. And sometimes it stinks. You know, you don't know until you put the guy on. So again, you're rolling the dice, and unless you know the person, like to me, like the Eli Manning every week. Honestly, has that guy ever? Said Eli, anything interesting. A, okay, so Eli Manning every week, with all due respect, is awful. I got to tell you, it's terrible. Terrible. I think that there are weeklies that are very good. I think Jamal Adams is very good. When we had Paul LaDuca, very good. Dontrell? Don, uh, Dontrell was the best. Right. So I but, think that but, there are weeklies that are good. Right, but but the bigger name guys, which people want to attach to their shows, are terrible. Peyton Manning never said anything. But let me ask you this, and I don't. Monzo would know better than we do on this one. 
it could be worth it if Eli is such a big name and enough people don't think he's a terrible guest that it's a big I rating guess. ploy at five o'clock. It works. People want to hear Eli after that big giant loss, even if even though we know he's saying. But nothing. you don't know that. What what are you basing that on? People want to hear I'm Eli asking, after a loss. Al, I they say, don't. They I'm, don't say anything. Al, I'm asking a freaking question of. Do you notice my? I don't know how Got closely it. you look at ratings. I, I don't know. I, I could, Do you get a spark when Eli's on? I mean, I'd have to go back and look. I so know, you don't I, look. No, no, I do look. But I'm you're asking me now. We're a few weeks. We're a few months away <laughs> since football season. So, I mean, there have been times like if Eli, like there was a, a when Eli got benched, right, and we still had him on the next day after he after Geno Smith played or whatever right. that all happened. You would think that would be a big, that Monday yes. we had a big bump from Eli. I, I could tell you right now. All right, and I, I don't know how much I've ever talked about this. I study the ratings that we get, and I can tell you from Antrell Roll a long time ago, we would get a rating bump when Antrell Roll was on. But I could also tell you that a lot of the other weeklies, we got no bump. Brian Schneider gave us no bump. All right, so that's the thing. So <laughs> you didn't know really about Antrell Roll until you started putting him on the air. Right, right. And if he was bad, you had him all season long. Right. Jamal Adams ended up being great for CMB, right? Right. He would say stuff every week. But you know what? If, if Jamal Adams comes back next year, he had a year of having to face that with the coaches and things. He'll he may not soften be up. Good, He'll right. soften up. It's interesting because I don't think Avery Williamson says a lot with us, but there are two reasons why I think it's a good spot. Number one is Joe. Joe yeah, that's what made the Muhammad is good. no quite Muhammad was the worst, but Joe is so entertaining with players on the team he roots for, specifically the Jets. I don't even think it would be the same with them. I think with the Jets that it's basically Joe continuing his monologue about the Jets with the audience of me and a former and, and a current Jet. And I think it's funny. I, I think Mons would agree with that, that that is entertaining. Hearing Joe say, bro, I mean, this defense sucks. How about that, Avery? Well, Avery's says, not even saying anything, but it's funny. When he says to Avery, you know Bulls is out, right? He's like, uh. <laughs> so I think, it's, I think having a Jet Weekly is great for, for Joe. If you find the right guy. He can't be the top guy. If he did that with Sam Darnold, that would get canceled, and that he would never work. be on again. I agree. I think it works with Avery. He's got a good sense of humor. But the other thing, like with a guy like Eli Manning, who speaks in generic terms, they talk so much during the week, and we play their sound all week long. There's nothing left for these guys. Right. They're already asking the same questions a million times over to Pat Shermer. Same questions every day. And baseball, even more ridiculous with how often they're, they t- talk all week, all season, the same things but they I do say. I think Mike grills these guys a lot more than some of the reporters right, do. But Eli Manning, he's such a professional at it. You could say Eli, and you could badmouth his mother to his face. You'd be like, well, yeah. I think you're right about Eli. Here's where when Mike has Dave Gettleman on, it's better. That wasn't a weekly, though. No, no, I'm not not saying a weekly. I'm forget weeklies. I'm talking about when that's where I do think guests are really good, when it's a timely, I need information from Brody Van Wagen and Brian Cat, the GMs. I think the GMs are always interesting to have. I also don't like competing on my own station for guests, well, right? Well, you guys want to talk about that? But it doesn't make it doesn't make, now now we're not only am I competing against ESPN and all now I'm competing against Mike against CMB against Joe and Evan, and you can't. That's something you can't keep up. Like if you have like Mike has a Rod come walking in the studio, you can't keep up with that. Mike can't keep up with it. We can't keep up. With it. So there's only to to expect guests all the time is a game you're never going to win. There's too many hours in the day. Even if if Boomer and Geo had two great guests, A-level, every day, that's 20 minutes out of a four-hour show. So if you're great at doing guests, and that's the only thing you're good at, if you're not good at the other part, that's that's what your show is. 
you know, in these other shows, like Dan Patrick, guest, 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 Jim Rome, guest, guest, guest. Not interested. Like, I, I, who cares? I agree with you on about 85% of guests. I'm with you on that. Ernie, your thoughts? So why do we keep this going? Which which, which part? The other 85%, well, because, the 85% of guests. Because until someone proves it doesn't work we from, a rating, we from do. a rating standpoint. I, no, I just asked Mark okay. about Eli Manning in a weekly I, I will spot. Tell you we that don't know the answer. I, I did analyze the ratings more, for, so, for which more so when Craig was here. Okay. Every guest. Every guest. It would and be I a could tell you, trend. other than Artie Lang and Jay Moore, every guest was either equal to or less than what do we would normally do. you think it's also the show you do? You do a morning show. It's about it. that, too. No. My, the audience for Mike, the audience for us is probably more about, hey, I want some serious sports information, right? You guys make fun of it all the time. It's true. I guess. I'm, I'm asking a question. I, we will get, okay. well, I'll get tweets. Hey, when's Patino coming on? When's Heyman coming on? From Now, obviously, I'm not getting hundreds of tweets by that, but we there is some interest from people of what's going on with the Yankees right now. Let's get Sweeney on from spring training to find out. Al's face right now is hilarious to me. He's like so confused. These are by old you. people, legitimately. No, These are not, old not, people not with Twitter. no. Th- the Sweeney has a Twitter. Whatever Sweeney has to say is on Twitter. I disagree. John Heyman tweets, tweets, tweets. I, I disagree. Well, today, you didn't give us something that he hadn't reported. He yet. did because we prod. I mean, it's on us, unfortunately. And sometimes we do good at it. Some yeah. do well at it. Sometimes we don't. It's about like we had a conversation with Detino, and sometimes these guys can be terribly boring. I agree with you, right? We had Paul Dottino on after the Odell trade. He was freaking awesome. He was mixed. He was emotional. He gave his true thoughts. I, I thought it was compelling. So I think there are times. I don't think it's as black and white as you make it seem. I also look at it this way. So if you if you like Joe and Evan or Mike, you're going to listen to the show of you guys just talking. Even if you're talk, you and Joe are talking about the Nets, in my head, I might, th- as a listener, I might think, Oh, they're talking Nets. I'm not interested in Nets, but they'll probably get off it in another minute or two. If you <laughs> put a ass. net coach on, I know you're 10 minutes, Nets. So gone. you're less interested. No, I'm gone, and okay. then people don't come back. It's like when we go to commercial break. You can look. People are gone. They don't come back if the break's five minutes. By they don't the come way, back in five minutes. They come I, back in 12 minutes. I just want to point this out. Um, when I was analyzing our ratings, I think it was a few months ago, when we had D'Angelo Russell on, Spike. Just, want, just wanted to say, Spike. All right. <clears throat> Ernie, go ahead. What was the question again? Were you done? Oh, no. <laughs> guests. Uh, booking guests. The impo- your, your feeling on guests. I try to, I mean, we talk about this, um, you and me all the time. We don't want to put a guest on just for the sake of putting a guest on because I'll notice when I'm in the car and another show will have someone, will be talking and they put a guest on. Sometimes I do turn the radio off. But there are some guests that when they put them on, I do make sure I listen to it. So I when I'm booking our show, I got to make sure that it's somebody that, if I'm singing in the car, I'd want to hear what this guy has to say. I think we do a pretty good job of that. Now, there's some guests we have to put on just for, you know, different reasons. Well, and, and to be fair, because I could speak on this, there are times where Joe or I has a preference for a guest that Ernie is probably thinking, why are we doing right. this? And we'll talk about and that. And you listen. In the end, it's, it's the, <laughs> and someone asked this, like, how much of a, of a control do I have on it? In the end, it's Joe and Evan's show. Your names are on the show. So I'll, give, I'll put my two cents in. I may argue with it. I may say this is ridiculous. But in the end, if you want the guests, we're putting the guests on. But for the most part, we do agree. Yeah, we on a agree lot of most these. of the time. There's only a handful, maybe you know, once or two a month that I'm, we may disagree with. And sometimes I convince you. Sometimes you change your mind. Sometimes Joe. And sometimes mind. you're proven right. And sometimes or yeah, wrong. And sometimes I'm proven wrong, <laughs> and we put a guy on, and he's great. And yeah. vice versa. I mean, I'm that's in the a relationship. Middle. I'm in the middle on this with that because I think you make a lot of sense, but there's certain areas where you're too extreme. Yes. You're like politics today. You yes. make a lot of sense, but you're too extreme. Well, and like M- Mike's doing a solo show, so I think that's different also. Exactly. Right. And let's get to that, Mons. I mean, you're in a 
my assumption is Mike's a tough cookie. Mike doesn't want Paul Dettino. No offense to Paul. Mike is Although he's looking, used Paul a few times. I'm, I'm, right. But how is it booking for Mike? Um, well, we are helped out by relationships with teams, getting like Shermer and Eli, and, you know, sometimes they don't bring much as far as on the air. Um, but I actually think the Shermer spot was okay last year just because the team sucked. Um, maybe after like week like 12, it got a little monotonous. But um, what I like to do with Mike is, and maybe this feels like a victory for me, if I find somebody that he may not know and isn't really well-known and we kind of make him our guy, like Peter Schrager is one of those guys. Now he's a lot bigger um, because he's on Good Morning Football and this Fox and all that stuff. But, like, we put on Schrager before he was really known, and he was good for us, and Mike liked him. Same thing with Mark DeRosa. Now he's on OMB Network. Um, Breer's a little bigger, and we use him a lot now. And those guys almost act more like co-hosts and contributors than guests. To me, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm not a big guest guy. To me, anything, I want to hear, like, what Mike has to say about the Odell trade, not what Ralph Vacchiano has to say about it. Because, again, you can read Ralph Vacchiano's tweets or whatever. It has nothing to do with Ralph. He wasn't even considered. I'm just using right. an example of a guest that people would use. But, no, I'm, I'm with Al and, and Ernie a lot in the most part. To me, it's I want when I listen to shows, I'm listening for the hosts. You know, I want to hear. And callers. You know, <laughs> right. Like but, I, you know, after, like I said, after a Jets loss, I want to hear Joe and Evans open when – you know, something big happens, I want to hear Mike. When, you know, there's something, you know, the NFL draft happens, I want to hear Boomer on the quarterback. So, I mean, right. you know, I'm not, you know, looking for, like, well, maybe they'll put Warner on or something does, like does that. Does Mike you know? tell you, go go get this guy, or are you bringing the guest to him? It, I'll if, if there's something happens, I'll shoot two or three ideas to him, you know, that are, are worth it. You know, sometimes I know they're probably not realistic. You know, like the day, like it's impossible to get a commissioner day of, you know, right. like something happens with the baseball rules. I'm like, I'll ask for a man for it, even though there's no chance we're going to get him. But it's the only voice if there's anybody you want to hear from that day. So, um, but sometimes he'll like, like the stuff that he likes, like he likes golf and he likes Michael Breed. So he'll be like, put Breed on today. That's or, easy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's not like, he'll ask if we have any booked, but you know, he's not like upset if we don't. You know, for that, because, you know, he knows, he gets it. He wants the big names or nobody. Does he ever turn someone down after you get him? Yes. And that's, a that's, lot? that's no, because I, I, I think for the most part, I know who I can book on my own. And there are times that I'm right. And there's times that I'm wrong. Like during the NFL season, you know, on a football Friday, he'd like a Kurt Warner occasionally or Steve Mariucci, guys that'll give you, you can go around the league for 20 minutes. Um, the worst cancel I ever had to made was John Smoltz. I thought we'd have John Smoltz during the You had to cancel him? We had to cancel on John Smoltz. Because he didn't yeah. want him. Just they didn't feel like he was going to add anything that, that day. I don't yeah. want him. That was, yeah. Because <laughs> he likes John Smoltz. He does. Probably. But that was the roughest one where I had to be like, hey, MLB Network. I know you never give this guy out, but. <laughs> Sorry. We're not interested. <laughs> um, Sometimes, I mean, the Super Bowl shows are different. Sometimes I'll book somebody that he I think he'd like at the Super Bowl, and we'd be like, I'm not interested in talking well, Mike, to this Mike took a lot of crap, and I understand why, because at the beginning of the Super Bowl week, he said we're not putting people on to promote products, and then ended up putting up people on to promote products. Yeah, I mean, about 75% of the guests we did. Um, you know what it was this Super Bowl? is It wasn't as guest-heavy as normal. Like I wasn't, oh, you found that you booked it was, I wasn't getting as many pitches to put. Right. There weren't stuff. as many people down there? As right. There were, at least for our show. I don't know how other shows worked. I didn't get as many emails two or three weeks before well, saying, hey, here's Roddy White promoting – KY Jelly, you know, it's it's, <laughs> it's it, a tough spot because there are a lot of guys at Super Bowl week where I'd say, oh, that'd be a great guest. But then every time you have to do a commercial with them, it is kind of obnoxious. That's the, that, the, that's su- the business down there, though. It's no yeah, I know, I know, that. I know. The strangest things we do as an industry is go to Super Bowl week. We pay 
to travel to lose ratings. Makes no sense. We do it every year. You you notice that Super Bowl no- week you take terrible. a big hit every week, every year, every year. Yeah, it's bizarre you, because of the guests is what you're saying. Yeah, okay. Because it's a it's a lot of guests. Yeah. Why do you think there's it? Because we don't go to Super Bowl week, and at times I used to be upset about it. Now I realize it's more not worth it. Because I've kind of maybe it's the years just being jaded by. Well, for me personally, it's a, a it's a it's a it's like a week vacation. Yeah, it's so. a fun week. So it's yeah, don't, I, but from don't, a radio don't standpoint, don't this for us, <laughs> But from a radio <laughs> standpoint, I don't think you're wrong. No. And think about this, and I and this is a tough spot. We were lucky we weren't there. Here's why we were lucky: the Porzingis trade yeah. happened. It was so easy to transition to just talking about that. If you're down yeah, but there, but you guys talked about it the next day. Well, because it happened no, at five right. o'clock. Was on the like I was on the happened. air with Whitney right. Merciless when it happened. Yeah, no, but that, that's a tough spot. <laughs> so, so that's a tough was, spot. What are you supposed to do? So I had to like, go. And, and that's when I had to start. I had to cancel like an hour of guests. You know, some of them were decent, just to be like, you know, I know we have Travis Kelsey here, and we'll never talk to him again. But you have but to. something happened. Then yeah. We, um, oh, by the way, before we, even, yes. I'm sorry, move on. It, just for the people listening, booking guests also isn't as easy as they make it as they may think. It's not just hey, why don't you get you know Michael Jordan on? Some well, guy, di- think of that. some guy direct like, messaged me like a couple weeks ago, like you should put Dave Gettleman on. <laughs> right. And then we had him right. on. He's like, good thing you took my advice. Huh? Right. I'm like, yeah, you're no, right. You thank gave me you. Like, <laughs> the Giants, the Giants GM, you gave me that brilliant idea. Yeah, thank we you. Get turned down, probably. I mean, for me, it's like ninety percent of the big, oh, uh, big ones I ask for, I get turned down for. Yeah, people go. You're trying to get guests, big ones, the ones right. that are worth it. Out a lot, and we get a, and we get a lot, and Al probably gets the same. We get a lot of guests offered to us. Mm-hmm. Not so much us looking right, for people. Right. Because people want to only are going to come on if we're paying them or they have some sort of plug. Of so course. if they have a plug, the people find us. Right. There has to be a quid pro quo. And sometimes through the team, the team wants to promote their stars. So they'll give us, you know, whatever players they have. But a lot of it's also they've got to plug their charity, which is fine. But a product, they're not going to come on just because they feel like I'm right. on. Right. And if they do, it's because they want to be a broadcaster if they retire. So it's almost a tryout for them. I don't know if I should ask this question because... Well, if you don't like it, we, could always, cut, we could always cut it out. All right, right? I'm going to... No, no, we're not going to cut it out. I'm just going to have you guys say, that's stupid. We're not going to answer it. The toughest of the local teams to deal with. And the reason I hesitate is maybe you don't want to say it because you don't want to call them out on it and then have it be even more well, difficult. The, all the ones we're allowed to have? I mean, there's like two of them. What do you mean allowed to have? Oh, you mean the Rangers and Knicks? Rangers and Knicks, we don't, we don't touch us. Well, we know that. We, the well, Jets obvious. very rarely will help us out. Because of their radio deal? Because they have a radio deal. Okay, with, but, you, with, but you think that... the station that counts the stream. But we, <laughs> well, we we count the stream, too. No, I know. I'm just saying. They have an exclusive. They have a deal there. So they're, you know, if I ask for anybody on their team, they have to, like, offer them to ESPN so first. So naturally, they're the most difficult. Because, forget the Knicks and Rangers, because obviously they, they, they have a self-ban on us. I mean, what are you going to do? Not that they were ever easy to begin with. I mean, the self-ban barely affects us. It affects us getting uh, uh, Joe Micheletti. Right, or Zerbiak. <laughs> Wally Zerbiak. doesn't affect well, Yeah, really, we were getting uh, Kevin Knox on? Seriously? No. Henrik Lundqvist, when we've asked for him? No way. So the Jets are the most difficult. Followed by who? Of the of the teams not on the ban? The, uh, the Mets are the easiest, I'll tell you that. The Mets are in the my easiest. Opinion. And that, to me, they're just accommodating well now they are but even if they were on the fan the years that they were not they were banned like if they never left they still would have been accommodating do you agree with that Ernie? um 
Well, since they came back, they've been very helpful. Well, they, they reply, which is nice. <laughs> yes. That's half the battle. They're yeah. off to a good start. Let me just ask, have you ever asked for a Nets guest? <laughs> yes, Kenny uh, Atkinson. Yeah. Okay. Mexico's right. yesterday. We didn't good. get him, so it was... They're, they're pretty good. Really? The Nets turned it down well, yesterday? He, he's in California. Oh, so it right. is tricky. Yeah. Uh, the Nets are pretty good for me. Uh, you know, the, the ones he said, the, I mean, the Rangers and Knicks obviously are terrible. Forget them. Um... I don't want to say the Yankees are difficult, but the Yankees get so many requests, it's hard to credit, kill them for it because they get asked all over the country all day, every day. So, The Yankees? Yes. We're the Yankee radio station. I understand that, but they get more requests than any of the teams Who cares what for. they get asked for in Butte, Montana? I'm just, I try to be understanding. But they're the New York Yankees. Like, okay. they, they are. They're okay. the New York Yankees. There is the brand, and there's only, you know, 25 of them. And I don't know. I'm more understanding for them. The Mets are very easy lately since they came back. But if they're going to win the World Series, it probably won't be easy anymore. Fair enough. Should I even ask you the question, Alice, since you don't like guests? Yankees uh, never respond to me, ever. <laughs> okay. Like, very rare over the years. And the 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 easiest for me always was the Jets. Even when they weren't giving us guests, they would always respond or they'd always try to, I think because they like Boomer and Boomer right. was former Jet. Sure. So they were, they were always worked with me and would give me stuff if they heard something on the air that was inaccurate, they might say, hey, just let Boomer know this is. Oh, you know what? I, I didn't say it. Uh, the Giants, players-wise, are the maybe one of the for me one of the easiest. Okay. Like I asked for Golden Tate, and like thirty minutes later, he was on the air. Right. You know, so it's with players, they're very accommodating. Okay. Um, that's it for guests, right? I can move on. Right, let me ask you a few Twitter questions. I went on Twitter um, before we hosted this. I'm not sure when I'm dropping this podcast. When you're listening to it now is when it was dropped. Look at Today's it that the first way. First day of term, in case anybody wants to know. Uh, why would you give that it? away? Yeah, yes, we're recording it in March. I'm not sure when we're dropping <laughs> it. Could be uh, March of 2023. I'm not sure. But I got a lot of questions for all of you. Some specific, some for all of you. I like this one. I'll start here from Ogman at Ogman. I'm out. Do produ- you don't like this guy? No, I don't know. Okay. Do producers from each show ever feel compelled to correct their hosts if they make a mistake or are they afraid to? I know listening to Mike, especially now, he can often be wrong. Does that put you in a difficult situation correcting a host? On air, I know Ernie's answer is no, he he I, relishes I it. I enjoyed telling you guys you're he wrong. He can't wait. <laughs> uh, I'll start with you, Al. If it's something silly, I will correct them on the air. If it's something not silly that they should have known, I'll tell them in their ear. Okay. You also have to know for sure that you're right. Right. You can't just say I think this is it. You have to know for hundred percent that, that you're right. And that's got to make it a challenge, Al, because you you've admitted I think you're not a diehard sports fan. So if it's a sports piece of information, you may not know if it's incorrect. Yeah, but I do a lot of uh, reading and research for the show, so I I've gotten a lot better over the many years. But that's why I'll check, but I'll Google it quickly Google or, it, and get an answer and tell it in one whoever's not talking's ear. Because there was a big mistake, and I don't want to say big because I don't. I think it's geeky. I'll be honest with you, sports geek. Geeky mistake that Boomer made that nobody corrected him on for two days. Oh, and I actually went on the air. Never mentioned it, but you know, I would talk openly about this thing. And then finally on a Saturday, he must have turned me on, heard me talking about this, not mentioning him, and called me off off air. I thought this was really oh. classy of him and said, hey, I heard you talking about this. Is that true? Because I think that's incorrect. It's about the tiebreaker in baseball. That's what it was. And first of all, I thought that was awesome by Boomer that he like heard it and said, wait a second, I've been saying that incorrectly. Let me conf- I think Evan's wrong. Let me confirm it. And it was it was a geeky thing about tiebreakers. But you probably didn't know that, so how right. the hell are you going to correct them? Correct. 
So what's the answer to your question? Are you going out and correcting them? If you know? if it's something silly, yes, I will correct them on the air as fo- for fun. If it's something that they would make them look like they should have known it, then I'll tell them in their ear. Okay. If it's silly, I usually don't. Like when you guys are talking about some Cy Young Award race today, and I was, I thought you had the wrong year. I was like, eh, whatever. Just it's it not worth it on right. certain cases. How about you, Mons? Because well, there are big mistakes Mike makes sometimes. Well, look, pronunciations to me, like to me, to correct the pronunciation is stupid. I agree. Like, uh, oh, he said. Of course, uh, I agree. He said Donnie, but it's Don A. Like, come on, let's get over that. Um, if first off, I have to know that it was wrong, like to, and, and you have to have heard it and not be screening one of these terrible right. phone calls. That's the, yeah, so I can't be, I can't be talking <laughs> to Richie and Queens guess. about how much of a douche I am. As a, um, if there's something that is correctable, and I know I'm right about it, I will tell Mike at a time where he's not distracted by a caller or something, and just be like, you know, actually, uh, the Yankees lost five in a row. Not, not seven in a row or whatever the hell. Something like that. It's easy. Um, but will you turn the mic on and say, Mike, you're wrong? If you know it's, right it's, away. It, if it's something I know right away. And you will I, like, turn it on. I have before. Like, if it's, does, if he get, it's, if, no, does he get annoyed? No. Okay. If it's something like, it depends on if, you know, the level of misrepresented information. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's like, again, unfortunately, I have Chris McMonagall with me and he's, you know, when he's listening, is is when is he's, he's a little better with sports than I am. So you he'll. What do you say? You compare board ops. <laughs> Dove. Oh boy. But uh, let's face this. With all due respect to McMonagall and to Dove, Al, you're working with Babe Ruth. Oh yeah. Skizari is one of the greatest I've ever heard. He really is. But I'm I think. But that. I think we all are lucky enough, and that includes Ernie, that although Eddie is the legend, that like I never. I don't know about like. Nighttime producer responsibility includes like the log. I never have to worry about the log. I don't right. know if you have to. How many times have you ever asked Eddie how many minutes we have left this hour? Rare. So it's you know, and I'm sure Dove gets it wrong all the time. But <laughs> you know, I doubt Ernie has to go to Dove and be like, "What do we have left?" Right. So like, we're lucky in that aspect. I don't have to, don't like, have to worry about the commercials. He can handle that. But you now, if you do it on the nights and weekends, and you get like a part timer, you got to be like, "What do we have left this hour?" Oh, uh, well, it's 55, and we got to get nine in. I'm like, <laughs> "Jeez." And that's nine minutes of spots, and yes. you're at 55 in the air, just to explain. But Al brings up actually a pretty good point when he was joking about the terror or being serious about the terrible callers. There are going to be times where you don't hear the mistake. At this, a lot of times it happens. I got sometimes I have a, a headset in, like an earbud, and then the phone. I'm trying to listen to both at once. You right. try to do both, but and mean, it's, honestly, it's impossible. It's impossible sometimes. Goes, you sometimes the show, and I'll be like, no, it's getting a winner <laughs> for the contest we just did. Sometimes, <laughs> like a caller will say something that, like, he may occur, he may not occur, then I'd be like, what the hell did he say? I didn't hear it. Or Mike will get rid of him real quick, and the whole guy said was Jason Giambi or something stupid. Where did that come from? The Jason no Giambi idea. prank. I have no idea. I, I think I, a guy did it once and then it just caught on. I get And it. I know when it's coming now. Hey, you know what? This guy is great, but you know who would be great as Jason the Nets Jets? You know? <laughs> I don't know why it's funny. Right, this is from at NPS 5038, and this is related to callers. Of all the weird callers you've taken, what is by far your number one most weird? I don't know if that's correct grammar, but who cares? The weirdest call you've ever screened and put on the air. Is there one that jumps out at you? For you, it has to be the guy with the bunt that was asking Mike about the bunt from, like, 1962, right? No, my my favorite weird call, and I don't remember the guy's name. It's on YouTube, actually. The guy was talking about how baseball is different from now to, like, 100 years ago. And he talked about how, like, 100 years ago, like, people carried guns to the games. And you could, <laughs> and, and, and you could smell, like, gunpowder in the stance. Did you remember that? And even Mike was like... <laughs> That I would take. 
Al, you would take a lot of these costs. Oh, I would take that 100%. <laughs> and, uh, Mike had some fun with it. Like He's like, well, what does that have to do with now? It's like 100 years ago. You know, They would probably also rode horses for the games back then. <laughs> you know what the best one was? I, and I, oh, every the, time. Now, there's a couple of them. There's the guy who said Buffalo's a great city because no. they have gar- great garbage up there. <laughs> no, no, no. The there was some, the I'm guy going. who had the Giants yes, and Giants dinner. That is the greatest phone call in the history of the state. And I think he was serious. I think he was, too. And that was a part of what made it brilliant. And that prank still happens. I see it on Twitter all the time, but, you know, two people with similar names, yeah. do they hang out? Oh. But the Giants and Giants picnic, <laughs> I think Mike White, is the funniest call I've ever heard in the history of the station. That That's, should be your answer. That, that, I would call it weird, though. Like, oh, yeah, it's weird. weird. I wouldn't say weird, like uncomfortable. Dude, like, the that Giants was... and Giants hang out. Uh, it, was, it was a good call. I thought it was a fair question. <laughs> it's a fair question. <laughs> the guy who's crying about Matt Harvey was really good, too. Yeah, well, he ended up. Was that the guy who ended up going to the game with Mike? Yeah, yeah, Will? Mike Will from Long Island? Yeah. I think, Mons, you have the all the answers yeah, on this question. Well, I, I don't know. I do you even have any? I have favorite call. I mean, I have fa- – never mind. I have, like, to me, the classic WFAN call is a guy asking what will happen if, and then the if is either so far in the future or so many things would have to happen. It's like I got a call recently about the Yankee-Red Sox game that's going right. to go on in London. What if – there's a rain out. I'm like, what if it, <laughs> when we get there, when we get there, like, who cares? The weirdest what calls if I get, the, yeah, go ahead. The worst calls I get is just the guy who wants to talk to me. Like, I don't want to get on the air. Because Pass this along. Guys, like, no, I'm not a message taker. If you want to get on the air, <laughs> get on the air. Otherwise, I got to get, you know, I got other work it, to do. Most of the tweet questions I got are about callers. And so there's a lot of them. And I found a few that I was like, you know, I'm going to ask that anyway, because that's a good one. This is from Frank the Bike. Frank the Bike Me, pick a regular caller that could host a show. Like, pick a regular, actually phrase it, pick a regular caller to host a one-off show. Like, I would choose uh, Artie in Brooklyn, I like. Oh, my huh. God, that show would be insane. Yeah. He screams all the time. Be right? energetic. Yes. You got one, Erm? Oh, man. Richie in Queens? that one. Richie in Queens. It's got to be someone who could do all the sports, though, right? Because you couldn't say Ira because he could only do Jets. You can't do Stephen Basic because he only does Yankees. I guess Stephen Howard Beach. Stephen Howard Beach. Mons? What was the question again? Oh, the my God. Caller who could host the show. <laughs> oh, um, Stephen Basic could host the show? I just said he couldn't. Yeah, he can't. So he only think, does Yankees. Um, Dennis and Yonkers thinks he can host the show. Uh, Artie? I think Al mentioned Artie. Right. Artie could host the show because he screams a lot. Um, <laughs> That's the criteria. Yeah, I think he's passionate, but uh, sometimes I think he's an act. He does it on purpose. That's why yes. I don't think he can host the show because I think but, he's all an act. Actually, I, I met him in person at one of our softball games. Not an act. Really? Yeah. Really? He's Acted not, the huh? same way. He was he's screaming. More concerning. Yep. Anything but, else? Uh, that's, like, that's an interesting uh, question. It is a good question. I thought that was a good I'm well, trying you know, to weed out the bad well, questions. Obviously, like so, callers. I'm weeding out the bad obviously calls. Obviously, a summer capable, you know, look at Joe Beningo. That's so. right. That's how we started. Uh, this is a specific question for Al Dukes. Al, do you ever think about the crazy Ron and Fez days, and are you still in touch with Ron and or Fez? I occasionally will email with Ron. Fez stopped talking to me a few years ago because— Was there a falling out? Uh, well, he—they had—it uh, was some sort of anniversary, and they wanted me to come over to do their show live at, at, at uh, Sirius XM, and I'm working here, and I said— Probably not the greatest thing for me to go over there because they're 
so good at being manipulative on the air that Mm -hmm. they'll make you either say something stupid that you'll regret or can be perceived that way. And I thought, I only have something to lose going over there. Nothing to get right. And I explained to Ron, Ron seemed to understand. Fez didn't seem to understand that. So he doesn't respond to me. Do they still do a show? Uh, uh, Fez left the business a few years ago, had a uh, breakdown on the air. Oh wow! Uh, over a long period of time on the uh, on the air, but Ron does a, a show called Bennington with his daughter. Wow! How yeah. about that? Did you enjoy? How many years did you do, Ron? Only a year and a half. What else did you? Did you produce Opie and Anthony? I did, no, I worked like the dump button for Opie and oh, Anthony. Okay. okay. Yeah. But so this well, didn't you jo- do the? Uh, this didn't, didn't you do the Howard Stern uh, post show? The uh, what? The guy who the, the guy I can't think of his name now. The Van Halen singer. Oh, David Lee Roth. Yeah, I did that as well. <laughs> Howard Stern post show. Well, the guy who came in right, right. Show. The guy who came in after Stern yes. left. I did that for a little while. <laughs> David Lee Roth. Three months. Just the name just you lost my mind. Produced David Lee Roth. Yes. So this job of Boomer and Carton slash now Geo. This is is this like far and away the longest radio job you've yes. had? The longest you consistent one. Do you enjoy it more? I do because you know I both uh, Boomer and Craig and Boomer and Geo. Off the air are very easy guys to deal with. Mm. And that was not the case with almost every other show I worked on. Interesting. Um, who was, this is from Bobo38, Bobo38, Bobo. maybe. One of the greats. Maybe. Who was the hardest guest to get on your show? So I'll take it as the guest you were working the hardest on. I got to get this guy or gal, and you finally pulled it off. Ernie? No, skip me. I got to think about it. Okay, this. Monzo? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's um, I don't really go after anybody that I don't think is realistically not going to come on. I, I know, look, you know, I know Goodell's never going to come on, so I'm never going to try to get him on. That's just how it is. Um, I mean, I, when I was with CMB, I couldn't get Jay Wright on. And now with Mike, I can get him anytime I want. I mean, so that actually felt like a great get because he's a big name. I mean, it... it, it with Mike, it's very – it's not – I'm not saying it's easy to get guests. People think it's easy, but it's not like – like, honestly, like Adam Silver. Whenever I get Adam Silver, I feel like I've worked on it for a few weeks. It's not just, hey, can we get Adam Silver right. in? It's we can work out a date. We one can of work these out days, date. can you just give us Adam Silver? That's, that's the well, one, I haven't, one of the guys I, I really want to talk to. I'm not sure. I haven't had him since uh, I came in. I think I had him on with, with CMB, actually, but I haven't – not with Mike in return. Did you really? Yeah. Uh. At all the commissioners. Thanks, Ernie. Except for Goodell. Appreciate that. And they ruined my relationship with Batman. So good times. Who ruined your relationship they, with Batman? They uh they really pressed them on the concussion oh, stuff. CMB. Yeah, I and do the, that. and the my yeah, connection why? my connection with the NHL basically told me to F off but after why that. Why would they care if Mike wants him on? If Mike says get, I don't get know, me I'm, Batman, I, they still see his name. They see it as me. So oh, okay. So you've been ruined by because of that. That but the person that runs Batman's interviews now sees me as an enemy. No bitterness on your part? How often am I asking for Gary <laughs> Batman? I mean, <laughs> I'm just curious. Al, you have an answer to this? Well, at the time, it doesn't seem like a big deal now, but at the time, it was very difficult during Lynn's sanity. That guy really didn't do any interviews. Right. But uh, we were able to get him on the phone even, and it was like, oh, my God. Jeremy I remember that. Lynn. It was promoted yeah. on the station. Oh, my God. Like right. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we were on MSG doing our <laughs> television show. So... But I just remember that being a big deal. It was like, and he's going to call at this moment. Right. And when you pick up, say this. I'm like, okay. Right, now you can probably text him to come on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are you up to doing anything these days? I'm actually downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Ernie? Uh, 
usually if I don't get them within the first three or four asks, I kind of move on. Right. Um, there's no one I really chase after too much. I thought you were going to say uh, Manfred when we had him on maybe for the first time. No, because then we get him in at the golf event. That was the second time. Okay. So, yeah. Manfred. I guess I remember this better. Yeah. I mean, that one I'll consider a hard guess because I, I don't know. I the bar is different for our show than your guys' show because yeah. we're fighting an uphill battle as a midday show. Those are just the facts. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, unfortunately, if they have to choose between us. I mean, I've got more stories of people who I had booked to come on the show that then backed out to do morning or afternoon. <laughs> I'll I tell think you. If you want to ask me that question, I remember, and this caused an issue, even though I remember saying to Joe, because I think Joe was annoyed, maybe you were annoyed. And I remember saying, look, we just have to face the reality. We do a midday show. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud of what we do. And I try to do the best we can. But we're not competing if the morning show, and this actually had to do with you guys more than Mike, if they want to guess, we're going to lose out. And it was Jose Canseco. And I remember that specifically. But that was actually when Giannotti was producing. Okay, so it was pre-Ernie. Okay. Yeah. Because, Which is the irony of that. Because right? that is where the Al Hughes thing came in. It came from to that. Play. Because we had both, in fact, Gio booked him first. Okay, yeah, I remember that. And I had, I didn't know Gio had booked him, but I had called him, and he agreed to go on both shows. Chernoff didn't want that. And Chernoff was the one who said he's going on the morning show. Right. There's still tension it's, between you guys from that? Well, yes, still a lot of tension. <laughs> yeah. So then that afternoon, Mike and Chris were discussing, oh, there was a big thing, and and um, and Dog kept saying, well, who called him first, Giannotti or Hughes? Who booked him first? <laughs> that's he thought that's what my name was. Yeah. <laughs> And also, if you think about the time frame, so Dog is still there. You guys hadn't been on for a year yet, which probably right. made it even more important for you guys to get Jose Canseco more than us. Right, and I think Mark thought that Jose Canseco was a goof guest and that Craig, Craig would be better to you know what ended interact up with. Yeah, he hung up on us. Yeah, you guys, I, <laughs> I, I hate to say I remember that. listening to that. I was at, I was at a, a Walgreens, actually. <laughs> and I, that was the part I remember that, when I, where I was. That was the part that pissed me off. Because and I don't blame Craig necessarily because he's doing his thing. Yeah, it was more. I thought we were going to have a good interview with him. I, I knew in my mind what I was going to hit on Joe did, and I think it was going to be interesting. And I felt like, wow, we lost out, and the son of a bitch goes on and hangs up after two and a half. Minutes. I don't even know, like, why did we both want him? What was he doing? He just wrote his book. Oh, okay. It was during the height oh, of the steroid. Oh, era. oh wow. Uh, let me get two real quick stories because it's kind of like. Go that. ahead. I had just without wants. I think we're. I think we're <laughs> I think we're at like an hour and a half now, but that's because you guys are interesting. I Go had ahead. Shaquille O'Neal booked. He was promoting his book. And it was actually somebody from this station who was working with him on the book that said, no, he's not going on with your show. He's going on with Mike's show. And he actually went to the higher-ups who forced me to cancel it so he could wow. go on Mike's show. Huh. I still don't talk to that guy now. It's been about six, seven years. <laughs> that's pretty, um, that's pretty bad. That kind of bothered me. Yeah. still does. You know, for the, me... Sorry. Yeah, no, no, because you're... No, no, I thought you were done. You can go. Well, then I'm going to go to the other story. So. Oh, sorry. Second story. Go. Jeez. Controversy so, right now between afternoon and Roy Halliday booked. God rest his soul. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if you remember that. I do remember slightly. We had Roy Halliday booked for the next day, and I think like 8 o'clock the night before, I get the email, Roy Halliday doesn't want to come on your show. He has a bad experience with your station. I do, yep. As far as I know, Roy Halliday has never been on our station ever. And I'm pleading with the guy. I'm like, we, he's never been on. We can't find any show that's ever. I'm texting all the producers that work here. I'm texting <laughs> hosts. Like, do you remember ever speaking to Roy Halliday? None of them remember. That's a weird one. Roy it's probably on with Ed Randall. <laughs> no, you know our theory. We have a theory about this. And you want to say it? And he said, well, I'm just saying, he said, I'm not going to that station no matter what. And we, 
obviously never got the, him the since. The only thing that we could come up with is that Joe and I had Trevor Hoffman on, and we were rough on him. Uh, you're not clutch. I mean, we didn't do it like just like that, but we were rough on him about blowing the All-Star game, the Yankee World Series in 98, and he didn't take it that well. It's not like he was having fun with it. And I think we read that him and Trevor are close, and that it's possible that Hoffman made a I comment. That's also the Hamels thing, that maybe he would— because Hamels made that. The Cole, but here's the thing. That sounds the, very similar to a caller saying, I know Mike. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, what else could it be? Moms, we're trying to figure we it out. Figure it I, I can tell you what it was. He didn't want to go on. That's all it was. But no, it was, was just that? No, he was doing a radio tour. Oh. So he was doing all this. And I saw that day. He was on this show promoting this, this show promoting this. And for whatever reason, I, we were on the band of the block list. Probably on the pregame show with Eddie Coleman. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't buy the Cole Hamels thing. I know we got a lot of attention when he called the Mets choke artist, but I never got the yeah. impression that he was pissed at no us or anything. We should get Cole Hamels on, by the way. <laughs> get that done. All, all a decade later to find out. Uh, real quick before did we wrap it up. Oh, yeah. Did you give? Yeah, well, you I really did. didn't have a quote. I just saying, you know, I was actually going to say a fun, a time where I still get kicks out of getting guests are days like the next couple days. To get one of these coaches after winning the NCAA. What did I tell you about not making this too timely? Well, we already said that. We're doing it the first day of the tournament. Okay. The first thing you talk about right. is a tournament. Then around the NCAA tournament, Thank which you. is five months from now. Thank or you. it was five months ago. Good job. Who knows? Right. <laughs> you never whenever, know. Whenever that happens in March, uh, getting like after somebody wins, like if the, you know, whoever's playing today, if that guy, if that team wins, emailing the SID and then being like, yeah, we'll call in 20 minutes. I'm like. That's right. cool. That's timely, and we, we can still do this. That, that to me, is when I get kicks. There. I got you. The last one, because I was thinking about this. Already? We've been doing this for an hour and I a half. I feel like we haven't even opened the— uh, Should we do a part two? At some uh, yeah, part definitely. Two? Well, here was my question. It was for Al, Monzo, and even you, Ernie, but more so Al and Monzo, because I was thinking about this. You guys have produced for a long time, and you both had a big transition, okay? You had the transition, unfortunately, because of everything that happened with Craig, where— all of a sudden, you get the news that he's arrested, and then Jerry Recco's doing mornings with you, and then some guest hosts for a few months, and now you've got a brand new host on the mornings in Greg Giannotti, and you had a transition that Mike went on a retirement tour, retired. You're like, what am I going to do next? Oh, I'm producing CMB. Oh, wait, Mike's back. I'm going back to producing Mike. And Ernie, I don't think he's had any transition. No, no transition. Other than the uncertainty we had with Joe for a few months. But Al, I'll start with you. What was that like, that whole experience, that whirlwind of a, of a few months? Well, I think the weird thing about... Well, what helps is that radio is every day, four hours a day. There's no time to like if if we had were a TV series that stopped production and then we're going to come back in six months. You now give people six months to find something else. I think the most important thing we did with Jerry was we lost the guy in Craig, but we didn't add anything new. Right. We didn't add anything far. You kept the show the same. We kept the show the months, same. Yeah. It was the one thing I'd asked Chernoff and Olivero at the time. I said, don't put different hosts in here every day unless you really think uh, that person can uh, host can get this job full time. Because it'd be very confusing to the audience as to when you turn that on in the morning, you got to know it's the same every day. And Jerry being there was the same every day. And then after that, football season you know it was also good timing that it was the fall so the Yankees were making a playoff run football was starting so I think you had that core FA on audience was going to be there anyway and then to get Geo after that I think it was an easier so the timing helped yeah the timing helped and not adding somebody new right away was a, a, the two big things, I think, for us. I think it was really tough for Geo to come into something it's like that. It's a tough that. spot. Yeah, you're replacing somebody who was wildly popular. Yeah. Jerry and I rem- Recco. And I remember a, um, 
uh, uh, when Carlin, uh, Gio was busting Carlin's balls one day, and Carlin called in, and he said, hey, not all of us got to be dropped into a successful show. No, that's a lot of pressure. Right. I See, I thought, like, who, what would you rather have had? Carlin's thing where you're starting something brand new, or Gio where you're... Oh, I, I tell you right now. Yeah. I, I'll give you an answer as a guy in radio. I think that G was in a tougher spot. Me too. I and totally... I didn't think so at the time. But looking back on it now, I'm like, wow, he really had to adapt to us. And yep. Carlin got, even because... though Carlin got two co-hosts, it was still everyone was new there. He was w- walking in on, you know, I'm his producer. The team's already set. The team's right. already set. Right. right. And and you're being compared directly yes. to Craig, who right. let's, I mean, was a brilliant radio host. I said that to him many times. He's a very brilliant guy and knew how to run a radio show as well as anybody I've ever heard. And so that's tougher and look, what ended up happening with CMB only getting a few months wasn't fair. I think I've said that at the time. It wasn't fair. I think in radio, you'd admit you need time to grow an audience and get ratings. But when you start a brand new show, even when you're replacing a legend, it's, hey, we're starting something new. Of yes. course we're not going to get the numbers as by. I mean, come on. When you are directly in the same show replacing a guy who is becoming a legend, I just my opinion. I'm sure others yeah. could have different. I think G was in a tougher spot. And I think... His person, the way his personality is, is the thing that allowed that to work. Right. Like he didn't come in as a type A, this is my show now, I'm going to do this, this, this. Like he really like came in first, saw how it all worked together, and right. then started to put his stamp on it. He didn't come in like firing like some people would. Sure. That, that were get, was getting that, that slot. He was also already in the building. I mean, he was right down the hallway from yeah. his morning show. So we see him every day. And right. I'm sure you guys see him every day. You got to know him. It wasn't a stranger coming in. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes there's resentment. There shouldn't be, but there's resentment. We were certainly not going to resent G. He was our producer. It was freaking ecstatic for him to get that job. So I think that that's a, a positive that helped him. Have we, Ernie, since you took over, have we transitioned at all? Are we the exact same show as we were eight, nine years ago, or do you notice a difference? Uh, I think there's a difference. Um... Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, this is interesting. I had another question I asked the producers though before. Like you're going to ask the producers? Yeah. Okay. Can I do it? Are you going to answer the question I just I, asked I, I, or no? I got to think about it because I don't want to offend anybody. And we need the, mo- <laughs> and we need the Monzo transition. Oh, trust me. We're getting to the Monzo transition. Oh. Can I right. go to the Monzo transition? They're ready to bleep me. Monzo transition. All right, your transition from, uh, I mean, think about this. A year of Mike retiring, you know, booking all of that to where are you going next? I don't know if you were assured anything. Producing a I brand, wasn't. You weren't. I know that, but I'm for the audience. I'm letting you. you answer that. Um, producing a brand new show that we just described, and then Mike comes back, and you're like, "All right, guys, see you later." I'm right. back to Mike. first show back. Eli J. Wright, you know all the classics. <laughs> right. What was that like? Uh, it was, it was fun and frustrating at the same time. Um, Al said something like they didn't have any days off. Well, we had like the holiday break, right? So we were off, and then. We came back January 2nd to where it was. I know they had a couple shows in between mixed with two of them here and there during the holiday. Um, it was it was difficult. It was, it was you know, and it probably, like you said, they didn't get a year or whatever in that slot. So it took them a while to get their groove. Um, it was difficult. It was fun for me because I had more of a say in what was going on, mm-hmm. even though they didn't always listen. But at least I felt I could say what I thought. Because Mike you know, knows what he's doing. I don't have to tell Mike, you know, this is how we format a show. It was with them. It was trying to get them to understand that the audience wants to hear them and not Peter King um, and not all these guests right out of the gate. Oh, eventually down the line, that's going to be, you know, something you want to utilize, getting them up to 
you know, talk about what I think is most important to the New York fan and kind of get, like, for, I'm not going to break down the show, but, like, Maggie came from a national platform at SI and CBS Sports Radio. So to get her to understand the focus, that we need to focus on local. I kept, that was my one of my things with them, local, local, local. Even if there's nothing to talk about with the Mets, we're going to talk about the Mets today. We're not, no one's going to talk about the Golden State Warriors. Nobody cares about the Golden State Warriors here. Um, so that was fun. You know, the, the some of the frustrations I had with them, um, just as a producer, was I thought we did too much prep work. We almost did a talk show before we did a talk show. And prep? I don't want to do any prep, bro. I just want to watch the I, games. Sometimes I think you, because right sometimes I think you say what you want to say already, and then you go on the air and you don't say it. Right. So I, I, you know, that oh, was, I, let me tell you, Evan's a fan of not doing that. Evan wants to almost not see Joe before the show, I which lo- I like also because sometimes they'll be talking in the studio, in the it. studio back there. I'll say save for the show. I agree. So I we, love Joe. I try to avoid my Mondays, so we could. So be we would have fresh. like we would have like these hour meetings, and I was kind of against some of that. Um, but, you know, the show got their groove, and then the transition to Mike was obviously well, was seamless. was there ever a time where you were going to stay? I mean, you basically said, all right, guys, see you later. I'm going back to Mike. Was I wasn't – I didn't have, like – it wasn't like I wasn't given a choice. Oh, Mike was like, you come back here. No, I, he probably would have said that, but that came from Chernoff. Oh, okay. Chernoff called me and Chris and said this – me and Chris McMonagle and said, this is what's happening. You're going back to is, Mike. You're doing both shows, Chris. Is return Mike different than the other Mike? The Mike before that? Or is it basically like, man, we haven't missed – it was four months, and it's the same but thing. It was honestly – it was – we had a pretty funny moment in which we hit the show open at three, and it was literally like nothing happened. <laughs> it was like I'm like I'm like you believe what we're doing? Like what the hell just happened the last four I, I months? I remember where I was listening to that, and I'll tell you this: I was on my, my deck with my wife, and when the music hit, we both cracked up. That was our reaction. We just started laughing. And then Mike came on and did like didn't do anything special. Right. <laughs> just. From the studios <laughs> and right into the Giants or whatever it was, right. playoffs. He took right into the sports. It was crazy. Yeah, I was gone. Whatever. Um, but it was a good transition for me, and, and I'm in a good spot. I'm lucky. I'm happy. Um, I love working on the show. I love the four months with CMB because it gave me a different side of the business and you know gave me a little more responsibility, which was cool. But, you know, I'm happy for what happened to them, and I'm happy what I'm doing now. All right, Ernie. Changes from uh, when we first started? Because I'm back to that now. I well, yeah. I mean, we've you I produced you, us for eight years. Are we the same show? Are uh, we different? The only thing I could look at is, again, I was 15 months out of college. So as much as you guys may say, hey, you're a big part of the show, it takes a while for me to feel that. When I was just, you know, you know, waking up for class, you know, a year and a half ago. I think the biggest change now is I'm more confident. I know what's going on. I've been doing this 10 years, so I know now this is the season for this. We do this. You know, we book this guest. We talk about this now. I feel like I'm... The last few years, I'm especially more confident telling you guys what I disagree with, what I like, what I don't like. There will be times I'll tell you guys to cut a segment short because I don't like the way it's going. <laughs> it doesn't happen often, but, I mean, how many times can we talk with John Heyman about Albert Bell? I mean, that's, that's, that's fair. Already. That's fair. Fair critique. <laughs> fair so, critique. I guess the only change I could see is that I'm maybe a little bit more of an influence with you guys off the air, not on the air. Obviously. I think that's so, fair. What was your question now for the producers? Because uh, I've obviously got one of these. Biggest mistake you guys made that affected the show or could have affected the show? It could have been something you fixed beforehand, but biggest mistake you made that you're like, oh, crap, I can't believe I did this. Whoa. Mistakes. I, I, I got I mean, I could probably come up with a hundred of them, but I got one that immediately stands out. And maybe not sound like a big deal, but the first Super Bowl show that I ever did with the first week, we were in New Orleans. And we had a guest booked. He booked, we had a big, you know, we go there and we have a lot of whatever guests. We had a good one. We had Mike Tannenbaum right after he got left, got left the Jets. So that's a good spot, you know, first time he's talking. Me and Mike were talking in two different time zones. 
He was talking Eastern no. time. I was talking in Central time. <laughs> so I booked guests all around the uh, Tannenbaum the time he told me, but I, he was telling me the time in Eastern. I was taking that's, the time in Central. So, I'm booked. so all of a sudden, Rich Eisen and Mike Tannenbaum show up at the same time. And I'm like, uh, Tannenbaum's in an hour. Mike's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, you said 345 or whatever. I'm looking at 345. He's like, we're always in Eastern time. I'm like, oh, boy. You really? Uh, What'd you do? Do you have them together? I said, uh, hey, Rich, uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I don't know what to tell you. So that's a, whenever Mike is at the Super Bowl, no matter Eastern the time, time zone, it's Eastern time. We could be time. in California or in Eastern no, time. I'm going we by mine next because it's very similar. All right. Go ahead. You may not even know this one. Uh-oh. My first Super Bowl on, on site, not from here, when we went down to the Super Bowl, I had Lynn Swan's like, nephew who was booking for him email me in October. Hey, we'd like to set up Lynn Swan to come on the show on Super Bowl week. Like, sure, great. You know, Wednesday, 11 o'clock. Sure. All guests usually send a reminder a week before the Super Bowl, right? Not this one. And I completely forgot about it because I'm not, you know, I didn't write down my little cheat sheet. So I get to Super Bowl. I got my whole sheet of guests for each segment booked up. I go to the bathroom. Uh, Joe's, at, you know, down at the end of, other end of the bathroom at a stall. And I hear him go, oh, my God, Lynn Swan, bro. You got to come on the show today, bro. And he goes, yeah, I'm coming on at 11. And I'm there in the bathroom going, oh, crap, Lynn Swan's on today. I go back. I check my email. Yeah, 11 o'clock, Lynn Swan. And I also had Rich Eisen set up for that same segment. Poor Rich. So, and wow. I, so How about I that? To, I, I had Dick Vermeil booked and Rich Eisen. I knew Joe was probably going to go longer with that. So I canceled Dick Vermeil. I think it was. And um, pushing his wine, and then I told Eisen, "Yeah, just show up, you know, five six minutes later than normal." And we got Swan on, and we got Eisen on. So two Super Bowl thank stories. Goodness, I heard Joe say that before. Well, we're in the bathroom two hours before the show. The best part Otherwise, about Swan would have just shown up. The best part about Super Bowl week is Joe seeing a former NFL player and at the top of his lungs <laughs> saying they got. Mean Joe Green, bro. <laughs> Look at this. Look, feel, it's Mean Joe Green over there. I feel, oh, like, had... I feel like he'd do that with every player. Elvis Gerback, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Bring we, him on. Elvis, you got free time? We had one. It may have been the same Super Bowl where you guys are on the air. And I see a guy walking in with a gold jacket. He must have been 95, 100 years old. And he walks in. And I see Joe like pointing at him like, get that guy. Get that guy. I'm 26 years old. I have no you idea no who this guy was. is. I just see a gold jacket. So I run after him. I go to the, the handler. I was like, hey, can we get? Uh, this guy on the show and she goes yeah yeah we'll be over in 10 minutes like crap 10 minutes like I don't even know who this guy is so I'm walking back I was like how do I tell Joe I just booked a guest but I don't know who it is so I turn around I was like do you have anything that you're promoting with this guy and she goes oh yeah here's the sheet and she gave me the sheet and I was like oh that's who it is I forget who it is now but that's how I saved my ass from coming back and saying I just booked a guest I have no idea who it is that's funny Al hmm. what was the original question well, biggest, right, biggest mess up besides you know playing back to back car spots <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know I know I booked a guest thinking it was somebody else, but I can't even remember who it was. You booked someone thinking it was someone else. Yeah, like it, it, there was a similar one just last year, last year's Super Bowl, not this one, where I had booked Mike Sherman. Right. The former Packer. Yeah. But I in my head he you know, anyone that was like a coach when I was felt like when I was a kid, they they had these long careers. Right. But Mike uh, or Mike Sherman didn't really have that great of a career, <laughs> and I didn't really think to look until that morning when I when they saw the list and Boomer's like, "Why are we talking about Mike Sherman?" <laughs> like, what do you mean, legendary Packer coach? And I looked at like a coach there one year, or something <laughs> right, stupid, right. and then you you know they're there. You can't 
I've noticed the pattern that all of these screw-ups happen Super Bowl. at Super Bowl week. Yeah. Clearly and like Ernie said, dudes walking by that you're like, I know I should know who that is. Yeah. No idea. Right. Or when you have a guy coming on, now, you know, I would Google so I can get an image of his right, face. So right. when I see him coming up, I'll be like, oh, perfect. Have That's you ever smart. accidentally texted or called a guest? Because we have a lot of names in our phones from guests, celebrities, athletes, even the guys we haven't had on, we have their numbers. Have you ever accidentally called or texted somebody? No, I don't think so. I, uh, well, uh, ac- I've, like, pocket dial, you mean? You pocket no, dial like Peter Schrager? You call someone else and you called them. No, but here's a, here's one that's really stupid. Um, when the Mets drafted Matt Harvey, for some reason, I don't know if I, I read a story or misread a story. Oh, that his father was uh, Someone told me his Brian father Harvey. was former pitcher Brian Harvey. <laughs> yeah. So I spent three days getting his information just to text him to have him tell me he's not his kid. <laughs> Yeah, he's not my son. <laughs> he's like, great pitcher, not my kid. <laughs> I, re- I, I kind of like... remember that being out there, that Matt's father was Brian Harvey, because I remember thinking the exact same thing when they first drafted him, so I don't know where it came from. Yeah, I, like, I found some random blog he did. I, I emailed the blog writer. I'm like, hey, you have his number? He's... Great pitcher, not my right, kid. I texted him. He gets back. I'm like, oh, sweet. He got back to me. Great Th- pitcher, that's, not my kid. That's like... like the story where Jerry Recco used to produce Joe at one point. And the night the Knicks passed on Ron Artest, he booked Ron Artest. Joe, ah, Ron Artest, great to talk to you. And it was Ron Artest Sr. <laughs> it's still a decent guess. <laughs> no, not bad. I got, I got the father and the guy the Knicks passed on. Anyhow, great job, fellas. There may be a part two because apparently we didn't cover everything, even though it took an hour and 45 minutes. So thank you to Al Dukes, the thank producer you. of uh, Boomer and Geo. Ernie Acosta, the producer of our Midday Show, and Brian Monzo, the producer of Mike. And thank you for listening to this Producer Roundtable edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast.